Good evening, folks, and welcome to Writing the Nerds. Uh, we got a special one for you here tonight, but first and foremost, uh, here with me, I'm Cody, but at, here with me is... Ray BG. I say we're down one tonight, but uh, like I said, this one's going to be a little bit of a special one. And we're going back a little bit there in a couple of months back um, and pulling things from the past. Yeah, uh, which... You know, really, the I mean, the topic is Lovecraft Country, and when we say bring it from the past, it's like, imagine if, you know, a, a green book kind of thing with Lovecraftian elements yes. was kind of thrust upon you. Of course, based off of a really good book, uh, one I haven't had a chance to read, but one that all the reviews I've ever seen for it say is amazing. Right, yeah, it was based off a book written by Matt Ruff. Um, Basically, what he did, like you were saying a few moments ago, imagine the Green Book mixed in with some love, love, um, Craftian, um, lore, and basically, um, it's a story dealing with. It's, to be honest, it's it's an Indiana Jones crusade. Okay, they're looking for the um, crystal skull, so to speak, which is proverbially in this, they're looking for um, the recipe to eternal life. Mm-hmm. However, they're mixing in um, the subject matter of Jim Crow. They're mixing in the subject matter of um, how inequalities existed in America um, between black people and white people, um, or between people of color and white people. Um, and at least it doesn't involve having to nuke a fridge. Yeah, like the, <laughs> I don't know. There's magic in this, so nuke can be anything. Well, I mean, there's there's plenty of magic throughout, but literally, no one climbs in a lead line freezer. And gets flung like a couple miles. There you go. <laughs> surviving. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Nuking the fridge. There's none of that in this. So basically, um, how this starts off, you have a um, group of people. Um, they, they're a group of people known as the Sons of Adam. And um, the Sons of Adam are descendants of. Well, they're not. They are, they are descendants of a guy who decided that he um, needed to find the secrets of eternal life. And um, you have amongst these people are they're mainly rich because they use magic. Um, the main guy, his name was Hiram. Hiram, sorry, um, I can't think of his last name right now. I could probably pull it up um, in a moment and tell you. But um, basically, um, Hiram decided that he. Um, like I said, was trying to find eternal life, and there's a book. There's a book, um, the book of Adam. Oh, I'm sorry, the book of life, and there's the book of death, which sort of the book of death is. If you guys are Cthulhu um, enthusiasts, you know that was one of the books in Cthulhu that contained the um, the dark magics dealing with the um, old ones. Yes, the the elder ones, the elder gods, whatever <clears throat> you want to call them, the ancient ones. Yes. Actually, there's a few different distinctions. I could have just like lumped all the different distinctions of all of them into just one, and completely wrong on that. <laughs> so, um, anyways, he founded this this high society and dealt with the time period. I believe the time period was um, 1960s. It was it was it was right after the Korea. It's during the Korean War, or after the Korean War. Sorry. Um, and basically, it, it was definitely a society where men had power and, and women were just secondaries. Um, if you were a woman born into these into this, this family type, um, you could not technically hold the power or the status that a man could. Um, 
the thing about this is um, HBO did a uh, did a, a wonderful I, I did a pretty decent adaptation to the um, book um, by Matt. Um, however, um, by Matt Burr, but the only thing they did was they changed certain characters around. So um, we'll take for instance um, the main character um, in the book was is technically the main character in the TV series. However, the main antagonist in the book was a guy, was the son of um, the guy who's now heading up this um, this this group. And in the TV series, of course, it's a female um, she, who did an excellent did an excellent job in the HBO series. Yeah. Modern technology, don't you love that stuff? It always hits you at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember the, who the main characters were in this in this show? Uh, in the show I've itself. got them pulled up right now, just to make sure I don't screw up any names. Uh, there's Letty, uh, Atticus Freeman, let's see George Freeman. Um, let's see. Although. <clears throat> That's a, I think that's a future character though. Hippolyta Freeman, which is Atticus's aunt. Uh, George Freeman, which is Atticus's uncle. Ruby Baptiste, which is uh, Letty's older half sister. <clears throat> Let's see, Christina Braithwaite, uh, sole daughter of the leader of the secret yeah. society known as the Order of the Ancient Dawn. Yes. And God's and of course, of course, they call the sons of Adam hmm. um, in the in the book part hmm. three. But yeah, and then of course Gia, which I could be mispronouncing that. Um, yeah, nursing student in Korea who is more than she seems. Which I I hate those descriptions. You might as well just go ahead and give away that she's, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and like <laughs> I was saying, then this is the thing. So he just named off those characters. Um, in, in the TV series. In the book, however, similar names but different. Um, you have in the book, Atticus is still Atticus, but he's, his last name is Turner. You have Montrose Turner, which is Atticus's father. Um, you have George um, Barry, which is Atticus's uncle. That's um, Montrose's brother. Um, you have Hippolyta, but she's called Barry in the book, which of course is the aunt to Atticus, who's the main, main character the important character in all of this. Um, you have um, Letty, which in, in the in the book she's called Leticia Dandridge. Leticia um, Dandridge, but they do call her Letty. Um, you have Ruby Dandridge, which Ruby, of course, we know is the same thing in the um, series. She she went by Ruby. and again, But again, Dandridge is the name that they use in the book. You have um, Samuel Braithwaite, who is, in the beginning, an important character in the um, in the uh, movie, and I'm sorry, in the TV series and in the book. But of course, he gets he gets popped, and we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> and then you have Caleb Braithwaite, which is not in the TV series. He's replaced by you named her off in the in the in the in the, in the Braithwaite. Oh order. yes, uh, Christina. Yes. Um, so Caleb Braithwaite is actually. In the book, he is the main antagonist in the book. However, in the TV series, he's replaced by Christina. Christina, <clears throat> who actually 
has another character that's her sidekick in this, which is also a duality of who Kayla Braithwaite is. Because remember, I said earlier on that women did not have a status in this in this group. Like if they, even if they knew magic, even they, even if they were born under uh, an important person in the group, they didn't hold status themselves. Yeah. In the book, it was slightly different, but in the TV series, no. <laughs> yeah, I say her her henchman that you mentioned is a very special secret. Uh, <laughs> well, she has a very special secret, but yes, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a uh, which that that episode, whenever they reveal that. Like, oh, you talking about the Ruby episode? Yeah, where I, you know, yeah, where I'm just kind of sitting there thinking, oh, well, that that happened. Like, you know, it's it's one of those where it's very much like that's the thing I loved about the series is if you like Lovecraft, it's actually pretty damn faithful to that kind of cosmic. Uh, I can't comprehend what the hell's going on. Right. The other characters can't either. But I'm kind of seeing it through their eyes, which is why I don't get it. Right. Like it's just very much a, you know, the metamorphosis episode. Is when I saw that I'm just like, oh, okay. So that's kind of. <laughs> there are some things in this world we don't need to see. There you go. So um, we're gonna since, since since we told you both sides of the from the book and and from the um, TV series as far as character wise. We'll start off at um, we'll start off talking more about the TV series, and we'll in a marry it with the book. So, the main point where all this magic takes place is a town called Artem. Um, I think that's how it's pronounced, right? Artem. Uh, maybe it's I I can't remember. So, anyways, Artem is a place um, that's yeah. that's on the map officially, but um, it's been awarded to keep outsiders out. So many people just pass by it and don't even realize it's there. Um, in the movie, in the TV series, um, Atticus is, has just come back from the war. Um, only thing you know is that he was a, he was a vet. He had just come back from the war. He was working in Florida and he decided, Hey, I need to go take a trip up, um, and see my family. So he leaves Florida and he travels to, uh, was it Chicago? Yeah, they're going to, to Chicago. So he travels up to Chicago, um, and when he gets to Chicago, um, he um, stops by his uncle's place, and his uncle um, um, is the guy, um, is, I forgot his name. His uncle is George. Uncle George. Yeah. Uncle George runs a, um, a traveling company, and he's one of the people who helped write the, the, the Green Books. And so this traveling company, of course, the Green Books, give you a little history on that, or books used during the early, um, I think, was it um, 20s through 60s? Yeah, basically up through the, well, essentially up through the end of Jim Crow, at least, right. at they're, minimum. Right, there are Green Books used by black people to um, get to safe havens uh, within the U.S. So basically what would happen is you have this book that would tell you every place that was safe for a person of color to go to where they wouldn't get shot at hung or, or ran over or threatened and um, this included places like beaches that they can go to hotels they can stay at um, places they can get gas and places they can get food um, and yes that's where we were at one point in time in this country <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, well they just made a very simplistic you know Ferrari right. movie about it exactly and so um, 
anyways, um, that's, this is what George did for a living. He would drive around um, from state to state, and he would find these places, and he would write them down in the book, and then they would, they know, after they get a collection of these safe havens, they would then type it up, and then create an official book for it, and send them out to different people that wanted to go, different people of color that wanted to go out and travel. Um, so he goes to the shop, um, goes to his, his um, uncle's um, business place, and he meets um, his auntie Hippolyta. Um, and Hippolyta, of course, is helping George. She's basically his secretary. And um, you find out something unique eventually about Hippolyta. Um, she, used to, she used to be an astronomer um, as a kid. Um, he goes there and he, he meets his um, niece as well. Uh, which, of course, in the book, he didn't have a niece in the book. He had a nephew, which is another thing that I, I find different. Um, but anyways, he goes Uncle George and he gets a letter and the letter that he gets um, says that his father wants him to meet him in Artem and it's written um, saying that um, I found something out about your mother um, can you come to Artem um, it's important or something like that. I could be misquoting it but that's the gist of it. So he gets with his Uncle George and um they're talking about it, and his uncle George is like, "You're, a, I've never seen my brother write a letter in his life, or something like that." And he looks at it, he's like, "Well, that's his handwriting." And um, they get, in, they, you know, they get into conversation. So, um, by chance, um, Atticus is going. I forget where he was going. He was going somewhere, and he bumps into Letty for the first time. Yeah, I can't recall where he's supposed to be headed to, but yeah, they do run into Letty. Uh... Oh. Yeah, no, it's just on their way to heading to Massachusetts, so. Alright, so he bumps into Letty, and Letty, um, at this point in time in the, in the TV series, is she herself is coming from, um, you, didn't, you don't know this, but she's coming from being locked up. She had gotten locked up, and she had just gotten a lock up, and she was coming back home um, to meet her sister, Ruby. Uh, but you don't know this, and Letty is actually a, an activist come to find out she's an activist she's been all around doing all this activist stuff which is slightly different than the book um but we'll get to that eventually <laughs> um but letty is basically in the tv series a an activist um basically one of the um the people who run down up and down the road for equality on the buses um anyways um they bump into each other um I don't remember whether or not he meets uh, Ruby or I know she's going to meet Ruby. I don't know if Ruby is there at the time, but I do know I do know when Ruby met meets Atticus for the first time. She just just gives him a glance, like whatever. <laughs> and uh, anyways, after that, basically um, he meets another friend of his, which is a minor character. Um, it's a, this tall guy that he knew from school that he really doesn't like um, because it looks like they had some type of history together before he went to war. And now that Atticus is back, they see that he's not this little scrawny kid no more. They're like, oh, okay. You know. Um, what you got for me? Where'd you leave off? Basically, um, after he runs into the Roundtree. I don't want to say the guy's name is Roundtree. After he runs into the guy that he knew as a kid, they share mm -hmm. some words, and he's like, I'm not that person anymore. Basically. Uh, see, at the <clears throat> first episode of something I can't remember as well because the first time I caught it I caught the end of it so I know mm. 
what their version of a certain creature looks like that still bugs me a little bit, but... Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But I know, of course, they get, you know, on their way, they get attacked by, what was it, Eustace Hunt, who is a racist sheriff, which leads to their encounter in the woods with what they call the Shogoths. Okay. Which... Shogoths, to give you a little bit of Lovecraft uh, history on that one, I believe first ap- first appeared in uh, At the Mountains of Madness. Which, in Lovecraft? Yeah, which takes place in Antarctica. And they're kind of described as these, like, I don't know, almost like bubbly, like black liquid okay. kind of creatures yeah. that, uh, you know, kind of a mass of basically like bubbles and eyes, essentially. And they were okay, so I used got, as... I haven't to where you are right now. I know what you're talking about. Now. Yeah, and they were used as uh, labor, basically. Right. Until they rebelled against their masters. But, yeah, I'll let you get back to it. So, um, what I've, I for, what, so yeah, he's talking about something that's a little bit later. Uh, he's, we're getting there. Um, what I didn't mention was... So after you know they met and whatnot, Letty, um, he and Letty, they get in a conversation, um, and he gets he goes back to his uncle George's. He gets back from his trip, and he decides, hey, I want to go find my father. I want to talk to him. Um, let's go on a road trip. So George is like, okay, let's go. So Hippolyta wanted to go with them, and George tells Hippolyta, no, you need to stay back. Um, we'll be back when we get back. Then I promise you, we we'll go do our our thing. Um, what I'm missing is. Before all this, before they left, um, there's a scene where Hippolyta and George are in the bed together. And they're talking about, they're talking to each other, and they're holding each other in an embrace. You know, they just got done enjoying each other in passion, uh-huh. and um, they talked about. Um, they were talking about how their life is at this point. Do, do you feel fulfilled? Yada yada yada. They're in that type of thing, and. Tim saying, I wish I could stay here longer, you know, we can, you know, continue our passion. Um, but after that, you know, he gets up, he greets his daughter, they have, you know, have a little, have some, you know, have a little dinner or whatnot, or breakfast, I should say, it's still in the daytime. And um, he's getting ready um, to go out, and like I say, he tells Hippolyta, hey, you know, you need to stay, I know you want to go, I know I promised you a family trip, but, um, I need to go get my, you know, I'm going to take Atticus, I'm going to go find my brother, yada, 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 find out what this is about. Um, so they're getting ready to leave, and somehow um, Letty catches on to what's going on, and she wants to travel with, she wants to hitch a ride. And um, they say, okay, fine. And so um, they get on, they go on the trip, and um, on, their, on their way on the trip, they go through some towns, and of course... George has his, has his green book, and he's like, okay, yeah, we're going through safe havens. Well, they stopped in a town that used to be a safe haven, but apparently something has happened. The ownership has changed. It is no longer safe. And the funny thing about it is, uh, the ironic thing about it is, as they were traveling to the town that they went to, they saw a Confederate flag at a, um, in the TV show, they saw a Confederate flag at a, um, fire station but they ignored it because they're like you know green book says this is safe last time we went through here this was safe 
and they get to the town they were supposed to be safe at, and they go to the restaurant, and they're ordering food, and the, and the, and the um, guy, the guy who they're ordering from, is like uh, sort of confused as to why they're there, and why are they asking him to get them food, and they they think nothing of it at the time, um, and it wasn't until Letty went to the restroom and looked at everything and then listened, she accidentally, well she accidentally, she was being nosy. She went and uh, peeked around the corner because she saw the uh, the kid there um, that was serving them, the server, and she listened to their phone conversation, him saying, hey, there are three N-words here. Um, I don't know why they're here. Um, they asked and she's like, oh, okay, it's time to go. By that time, and the TV, by the time, by the time she had figured this out, Atticus and George had figured out this is a new town. And they I think they had moved a piece of town so that it was burned underneath. The original frame was burned. And they realized, oh, it's time to go. And then later was like, in the TV series, it's funny because later was like, let's get the it's time to get the F out of here. And um which is different than the book. It's similar to what happened in the book, but it's not exactly what happened in the book. Well, of course they hightail it, get in their car just in time as this militia mob is coming after them and chasing them through the town. God. And they're flooring it through the town, trying to get out of the town, and they're still being chased. And um, that's when they get their first taste of magic. And they're greeted mm. by Christina yep. in her silver car. Um, I basked over so much because I know Christina was in town and was watching them beforehand. But, anyways, the silver car comes by, and. Um, they're racing past a civil car, and as they race past the civil car, this other car is coming that was chasing them, and it just get, it just gets impacted, like imploded. And they look back and they're like, what the world? As they see this car imploding <laughs> upon itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're driving, and they're driving, and they're like, okay, we're safe now. So as they're driving, they go into a town um, that I don't think that was, well, they had no choice. They had to go to the next town, and the next town um, becomes a big theme in the in the TV series because it's it's um, been manned by a um, I think in the book it describes him as a southern um, ex Marine Corps drill sergeant who has decided not to decide to leave the South to come to this Midwestern area and and this area apparently was not friendly to anybody outside, no matter whether whether you were white or a person of color. They didn't take outsiders, but they took on him because he was just that mean, just that, I don't know, um, crazy. He was crazy. So basically, um, they drive into the town, and he he sees, who, he sees that there are a bunch of uh, people of color in a car, in a nice car, and he decides to follow them. And then he pulls them over, and they ask him why um, we're being pulled over. He's like, and so the guy, the guy tells him, "What's well, your name?" That the police guy, because that was he was a very important character actually. Oh. That episode. In the first episode. Yeah. Which which police character was it again? He was a he was a sheriff. Was it Eustace Hunt? Is that it's, the one? That may be the one, the one that took him to the woods. Yeah, yeah. that's the one that took yeah. him to the woods when the, uh, and that's when yeah. 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 So. Um, in the book, the book gave a description of of his, of his whole life, and how the city that he became a sheriff of was didn't didn't like anybody that was an outsider. It didn't matter who you were, but they took to him because he was 
cruel and he was the ideal mind like he didn't like anybody of color or anything like they didn't want anybody that was foreign there anyways um he pulls him over and he says um did you know realize what type of town this is and they're like i'm assuming it's a sun up town and he's like yeah and do you know what time it is no it's a sun it's a sundown time sorry sundown sundown time town and he's like well do you realize what time it is and they're like um yeah it's like um 10 minutes to no 15 minutes to sundown He's like, well, I guess you best be getting out of my out of my town, which is gonna take you at least fifteen minutes. I don't think you're gonna make it. <laughs> so he gives him the chance to get out of town, and they take this chance. And but the, the, the here was the rules though: they couldn't they couldn't go past the speed limit. If they went past the speed limit, he was gonna pull them over and arrest them. Yeah. And it was gonna be over for him. So they were putting the heart, rocking the hard place. So they get they do so they. <laughs> They leave, they keep on the speed limit, he's right behind them, following them, and he actually, at one point he actually tries to make them speed up to give them a reason. He tries to like almost wreck into them, to push them faster than the speed limit to get into them. And just as they think that they're safe, they cross the line, and there's still another sundown time, another sundown city, which he then takes upon themselves, his deputies take upon themselves to um, basically take them to the woods, uh, and what what not? And what, but what he didn't realize was they were on, they were on the border of Arnhem, and when they took him to the woods, they were they were within the gates. They were within the township of Arnhem. So when they once they reached Arnhem, all bets were off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, basically, um, he takes them to the woods in the TV series, and um, while they're in the woods, um, they threaten them. Um, rape lady and shoot them and shoot them with the shotgun and you know what not huh. and um I'm so, yeah, yeah 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 because lady was still in the car so yeah lady was still in the car at the time so they take they take the two guys out and they threaten to rape lady go ahead and rape lady and um shoot the two guys um Atticus and George um what ends up happening is um uh, they start hearing noises they hear the whistles and the whistles of course um Christina and her crew um, signaling the, the, the Lovecraft creatures. Yes, the Shogoths, which in this case kind of just look like naked mole rats, and it kind of irritates me a little bit. Right. But you know, they're they're not the uh, I, the other way might have looked kind of dumb though, so I'll give them some credit there. <laughs> I, I you know, I kind of my I love I love my Lovecraft, so I got. That's why it's called Lovecraft. So, um, so they're hearing these whistles go off, and then they're starting to hear these grunts, and they're starting to hear little things move, and these shaft deputies are starting to get freaked out, which I don't blame. I mean, it's pitch dark, and there's a cabin, like, literally maybe 60 feet away. And, um, all of a sudden, one of the deputies goes missing, and they're like, what is going on? And, um... During this whole time, um, Daddy is still in the car um, in the middle of nowhere, and it's pitch dark. And she hears something, and she looks out her window, and she sees one of the creatures. And she's like, what the frack? So, um, <laughs> she, 
I don't remember. Did she get out of the car? Or did she ram it into the into the? Um, I lodge? think she rammed it into the lodge. Because I can remember that car being firmly planted in, in the, the lodge. lodge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so she she musters the courage to get to the front seat, turn on the car, but as she's doing this, at the same time, the uh, monsters are starting to rip into uh, the sheriff deputies and, and the sheriff. Hmm. So one of them took a big chunk out of one of the sheriff deputies. And then yeah. another one scratched the, um, you think he scratched him, he must have bitten or something, yeah. um, the, 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 the sheriff. But during this whole phase, of course, they see this, this, this lodge like 60 feet away and they all run to it. And you would think that something like this would bring people together, but no, they still intend on killing Atticus. The sheriff still intend on killing Atticus and George. And it's like, y'all are dumb. Right. And then all of a sudden, um, you can, <laughs> she got Letty here driving this streak. Well, she, she's not driving so much as letting it like go off of um, on oh, like idle, idle its way down, yeah. and ran into the um, ran into the um, lodge. Uh, who's Letty again? Letty is um the, the kid. No, Letty is the female character who ends up being Atticus's um love love interest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was a kid counting because she, because you said she got the courage. Hmm. So I kind of thought it was a kid. I actually, there's not really. I'm trying to think, there's not really any kids in the show. Well, um, I mean, Hel- they they have like some Hel- future. daughter. Yeah, they have some future stuff, and they show some of the other characters when they're younger, but it's not really a. Yeah. Well, you got Hippolyta's daughter. Um, that's that's really the only kid part. Say that's a a sub main character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She plays an important role at the end. Yeah. Uh, God. So um, anyway, so then but so okay, so this happens, and there's one sheriff that's left that hasn't been um, killed yet, and they start noticing. Um, the, the the police the, the sheriff is is tripping out like he's starting to freak out he's like his body's burning up and all of a sudden you start seeing the alien happen in Lovecraft Country as his body starts to bubble and he literally before the eyes transforms into yeah into the show goth which <laughs> that was another thing that kind of irritated me a little bit I'm like as far as I know it's not it's not lycanthropy like you can't catch it. <laughs> You like, can't get bitten and get turned into it's not a zombie like it's, <laughs> but at the same time it's also pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I got something for you, zombie. <laughs> and also, um, like, like, is it a bite mark or a scratch mark? Because like in some movies, like. A monster will scratch you or something, and then you'll turn into it. This would be a little bit of both. Although, their face, though, the Shogoth's face kind of, almost kind of reminds me of the Demogorgon in yeah. uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. So, it's more or less like a, well, or, or kind of the Sarlacc pit from Star Wars, actually. Right. No tentacles, just a whole bunch of rows of teeth. Right. And a circle. Yeah, it it's weird. So um, that sounds weird too. So the sheriff turns into one of these things, and saving grace is these creatures are are 
deathly afraid of light. Like light freaks them out and it makes them run away. And so luckily the ramming of the car into the lodge in this lights so were able to scare scare the big guys away. And um later they were like, what's going on? How are we gonna get away from this? And they decided, hey, we're gonna run for it. We're gonna get out here and we're gonna try to run for it. Well, what you find out later is they did attempt to run for it. Good idea. And they were about to get killed by a day god when um, Christina used a whistle to stop it. You actually learned that actually one of them did die, but they were brought back. Hmm. Um, I think it was I think it was Uncle George. He actually she did get killed by the day god, but they brought him back. Yeah. And he didn't realize that because. Because this is magic, and in this show, they have the ability to erase your mind, erase your memories, and I found that odd because they were able to erase a memory with a word, and you not have any side effects from it, which is weird. Oh, you know, yeah, <laughs> I have erased say your memory. They're basically a really me. heightened version of Gilderoy from <laughs> Harry Potter. They really go. good with memory charms. The only thing is it. Like, you can still eat solid food afterward because Gilderoy's an idiot in every way. There you so go. Yeah. So, um, they wake up and they are inside. They're, they're, they were deeply within Artem and they are at the um, Sons of Adams, or as it's called in the show. What did you say it was called? Uh, what was it? The. Uh, shit. <laughs> Uh, Order of the Ancient Dawn, I think. Order of the Ancient Dawn. Yep, that's the one. You're, they're inside of, um, Order of the Ancient Dawn's main Which compound. Which is funny, because they still do refer to it as the Children of Adam. They do. Even in the show. So, it, the Order of the Ancient Dawn, we're just going to switch to Children of Adam for the rest of this, there you because go. it just, it's easier. So, they're they're the guest of Samuel Braithwaite. Uh, he's the one who owns this particular lodge. Um, and he is the most powerful... He's actually the one that's in charge of of the whole order at that point in time, and um, in the book you find out that there's there there are factions like they do all they they each have a lodge in each major city, but they also have factions of each other. Um, but Samuel um, Braithwaite is the in the TV show is the leader of all of them um, right now, and basically um, he's there. He has him as his guest. Um, so as long as they're guests. They can't be harmed, and they're not supposed to be performing any magic on them. But out of curiosity, because these are people of color, being um, patroned by white people, they do what they want. Yeah. <laughs> and let's also not forget this is an HBO show, so when it comes terms to like guest protection and guest rights, it's never fully on the table. Right. You know, Game of Thrones taught us that lesson. <laughs> There's no bread and salt here. <laughs> You're gonna get Walter Frayed. Like there there's go. there's some red wedding shit going on. <laughs> so um, what you do, what you then find out, this is where the whole plot starts to unravel as far as what's going on. You find out the reason why um, Atticus was reason why um, <clears throat> why Montrose is there was to get Atticus to get to come there because you find out that Atticus. Um, is the heir to um, the ancient order itself? Like he is the descendant of um, of Hiram. Yeah. Oh yeah, Hiram. he's he's heir to the throne. But in this one, it's Titus. Titus. Yeah. Titus Braithwaite. 
and it's I mean he's so it like kind of makes Atticus essentially royalty of the right sons of At or sorry the yes the sons of Adam so um what ends up happening is um at this point um everybody's getting you know getting treated nicely for the most part um you meet Chris they meet Christina in person they also meet um Christina's friend or at least as they think that's Christina's friend. It's oh, really Christina. yeah, William. They meet right. William, who yeah. is actually Christina. Um, when you, you come to find out, um, ironically, um, William, I'll give you a little backstory on William, was, a, was an actual person in the TV series. Um, he was actually next to be in line to become the lodge leader um, of Chicago, well, in the TV series, Chicago, but the sheriff, but well, the police chief of Chicago decided that um, he wasn't worthy to be, and he ended up almost killing uh, William. Uh, Christina saves William and creates, uh, through William's work, this potion, which allows her to transform to William. Oh boy. And you find out what that this potion. Um, well, you find out that William technically is not dead. He's in a coma-like state because that's the only way the magic can work. The form of the potion can work. It has to. The person has to still be alive, and you, in essence, whenever you become them, you share the light. Your life. You, you share those moments with that person. So it's basically like um, it's like a holiday. It's like a holiday <laughs> for that person. Yeah. Like they're in a coma-like state, but when you when you imbib it, they become a part of you become shared souls so to speak they, they get to experience what you experience which uh, that's horrible later on and get we'll get into some of that I'm sure here soon as to why that is a freaking nightmare so um, anyways uh, they meet William William is um, is talking to them and telling them about hey what you can and what you cannot do. Uh, reminded them that yeah you're a guest but don't push it because you're still dealing with people who think that they're superior than you are uh, but not all of us think that they are you know that one group is superior to the other than the other group and um, he shares with them and tells them hey you guys can do whatever you want um, as long as it's not causing any chaos or death and um, Atticus wants to go see his father so they do get Montrose um, they bring Montrose, and Montrose tells them, hey, this is what's going on. Uh, why'd you come, you idiot? I didn't think that you were going to actually come. I wrote the letter, but didn't think you were going to actually come. Um, the reason why you're here is because they need you. You're a fool for coming. I didn't think you were going to come. That's the gist of it. That's what, right. <laughs> that's what Montrose was saying. <laughs> and so Montrose then goes to his brother and says, why the heck did you let him come? I mean, you should have kept him far away from here as possible. And so Montrose and um, and George have a talking, and he, Montrose tells tells George what's happening, and then George starts piecing it together. Oh, this is why they want you here. You're actually the heir to Titus. You're like a descendant of Titus, and they need you for something. And that's what he tells um, Atticus. And um, they're having a lodge meeting with all the lodge members, and. Um, Atticus and um, George come down, and you don't see um, you don't see Montrose um, because apparently Montrose has been has fulfilled his usefulness. Hmm. So they're going to feed him to the Dagons, 
they put him in a um, lockup in this in a little township, and they put him behind the walls into this little tunnel, uh, which later on you find out leads to um, multi-dimensional teleportation type thing. But it's also a feeding ground for the day guys. <laughs> um, anyway, before we, yeah, before we get there, um, what, ends up, what ends up happening is um, George and Atticus decide, hey, we're going to come out to this meeting since we're, since we're guests and see what's going on. So they get there, and they're, they're listening. And um, by this time, George has figured out he has read the bylaws. And he's informed Atticus of the bylaws. Because, you know, George's big thing is is reading. That's his whole thing throughout the whole show is him is reading and him gaining knowledge. Because to him, knowledge is power. And to the sons of um, Adam, knowledge is power. Literally, so yeah. by reading up and knowing the bylaws, they're able to, to sort of kind of usurp the the rule, mm -hmm. the game that's being played to them to, to a degree. Um... So when they get there, um, they decided, hey, we want to sit, you know, we want to, we want to participate in this, and um, we want to have our say, just like you guys have your say, we want to have our say, and so um, Samuel Braithwaite is like, you're just guests, that's all you are here, and don't think just because you're my guest that I won't, you know, discipline you, mm. and so um, that's when. Um, Atticus and George put their cards on the table like listen you need George I'm sorry Atticus is like you need me because I am a descendant of um, Titus Braithwaite and as a matter of fact since I'm a descendant of Titus Braithwaite that means that this lodge is my lodge and I want all you racist MFers to get the F out <laughs> and he basically dismisses the whole council which pisses off Samuel and Samuel's like, okay, okay, that's fine. Hmm. But let me tell you something right now. Just because you think that you are important doesn't mean that I won't punish you. And basically, Samuel puts them back and puts, in essence, Atticus and George back in their places. And from there on out, from then on out, he decides to bring out the shenanigans. So when I say that is, he sends them back to their rooms um, after they've done their thing, and I don't know whether he drugs them or he uses magic on them, but he makes them all experience some type of um, psychological trip. Um, for Atticus, basically what he does is he makes them experience their worst moments. Mm. Um, so when it comes down to George, um, it was the thing that he most wanted. And of course, George's sole thing is knowledge. And so, um, what ends up happening is George goes into his um, little thing, and at, during this whole time that this, this magic is being played on them, people are watching. Other sons of Adam are, are observing them and laughing and having their shits and giggles, so to speak. And, um,. George's whole vision was um, Atticus's mother. George, you find out, was in love with Atticus's mother, as well as Montrose, because they all grew up together in Tulsa. Um, 
but George, um, you're unsure um, at this point in time because you, you find out later that George may potentially be Atticus's father and not Montrose because you find out in the TV show, which is sort of different in the book, that um, Montrose is gay. Yep. And Montrose married um, Atticus's mother out of necessity because they were both friends and he needed to have a cover because being a gay man during that time was literally death. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, his father beat him because his father knew that he was gay. His father beat him so bad that his brother would literally have to go and tell his father, hey, that was things that happened were my fault or no he didn't do this just to cover for his brother um anyways um at this time Atticus doesn't know that 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 um George may be his father that hasn't even come to play yet um but you do um but again in his trip in his trip session as I call it um he sees Atticus's mother and they have a conversation uh, but again, for Montreux, I'm sorry, for again, for, for for George, it's all about knowledge for him. Sure, Atticus' mother is there to tempt him, but he figures it out quick because he understands what's going on, that she was an illusion. And he says, you're not even really here, are you? He says, you're just a, you're just a dream, a trick they're, they're doing. And she says, maybe, but I'm here in your mind. And he's able to defeat his his desire without compromising himself and when he does that of course he's knocked unconscious because that's part of the magic mm. and then it shifts to Letty and Letty has this huge crush on Atticus and the only thing that Letty wants to do is jump Atticus's bones throughout this whole series yeah. and in her dream she's getting ready to do this but in her this dream Atticus is raving her and so this is what so what they do in this sequence is they do something that's sort of biblical they mix in the serpent and Adam and Eve um, with the apple because what happens is um, when she and Atticus are kissing or the the, 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 the desire part is kissing he gets overly aggressive and he starts to basically become a rapist um and when he undoes his pants, and she's like, "No, no, let's no, let's not do this." Instead of being a human piece, there, there's a snake, and so she she ends up killing Atticus, um, or the the desire Atticus, um, and that crushes her because she it, to her is real, but it's not, you know. Mm. Um, she literally had to kill him in order to, to keep him off, you know, her. Well, I, I like the whole snake thing, you know. It was a snake. It was a snake. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then we go to Atticus. And Atticus had a trippy dream. Because in it, he's back in the war. In the, in the uh, cold... I'm sorry. In the Korean War. And in it, his girlfriend at the time was this Korean chick. Uh, she was a nurse. And he didn't know at the time that she was... A, that she was Possessed by a nine tail, or they called it a um, shins. Oh, do you remember what they called her? What they called her? What they called her in there? No. 
Um, let's see. I call him Nine Tails because in Japanese lore, it's called a Nine Tail Demon. It's um, it's a fox demon. Was the uh, Fumiho? Um. Damn it! Hold on, I can I can get it now that we're actually there. I. Uh, hmm. <laughs> anyway, oh, Kumiho. Kumiho. Yes, that's the, the nine tail. Yeah. All right. So it was called Kumiho in in Korean lore. And again, in Japanese lore, we call it a nine tail. I'm saying we like it's called a nine tail in Japanese lore, but it's Kumio. So he didn't know that that's what she was at the time. But anyways, that's neither here nor there at the moment. Um, when he in his desire dream, he's trying to calm her down. He's trying to, and actually for him, it's not a desire dream; it's a nightmare because she's actually uh, he sees her as the enemy, as a um, as a North Korean. Um, enemy soldier trying to kill him as an American soldier. He sees there as because what's happening there is his mind is blocking it. He's still blocking out the truth of what he saw when he was with her. So he's seeing her as um, as an enemy combatant soldier trying to kill him um, out of spite because he also has the regret of knowing that he killed her friend um, which sparked this whole thing with him and her. Anyways um, he fights her and he ends up killing her and that hurts him because he still has he never did he never he never did lose feelings for her he just because of what she revealed to him by accident it freaked him out and he couldn't deal with that so he had to leave which most people <laughs> seeing tentacles come out of your girlfriend <laughs> when you're being intimate with her that would probably freak you out too <laughs> <laughs> right so anyways um he kills her and he has instant regret, instant grief and it didn't crush him so much as made him um, I don't know, I think it was meant to crush him but instead it, it made him sad, it made him sort of kind of miss her um, it gave him regrets anyways um, of course after all this happened they went to sleep they fell asleep and then they woke back up and again the whole time you have other lodge members watching this these things take place um and just enjoying it like they're enjoying some type of spectacle you know hmm. so after this um the lodge members decided they're gonna go and do their thing um have their dinner and um Atticus Letty and Uncle George um, all get together and it is like you know it's time to go we gotta get out of here these people crazy um, they gotta keep us here and they, they want you here for a reason and I don't think it's a good reason and we need to go um, so they have been warned by um, what's his name Walton um, William they've been warned by William not to press um, Samuel any further because he was pissed yeah. at them for what they did um, during the lodge meet with the lodge members 
and they told him, listen, there are worse things than death. <laughs> he said, listen, there are worse things than death. All right, do not piss off Samuel right now. Right. Um, they said, and he said, especially don't try to escape, okay? Don't try to leave the grounds. And they're like, whatever. So <laughs> they, um, after this whole thing that had happened with them with the um, desire and whatever um, Tris there, they decided, hey, let's get, we got to get out of here. And um, they're going and they're starting to remember their memories are starting to slowly come back to them of what happened um, and they remember um, I think he remembers that uh, Uncle George had died or something mm. and they're like what the freak and um, anyway they go and um, they're leaving and they decided we gotta go find Montrose how are we gonna find Montrose um, they go and they find Montrose in this little um, dungeon and um, after they find Montrose um, of course it so I skipped over this but before they go find Montrose they run into this female that you'll see later on um, she, she's a female that Ruby wears the face of later on in, in the show oh yeah god <clears throat> um, they have to knock her out and you find out that in the book I'm sorry in the TV series when they knocked her out they didn't kill her but she was in a coma and that's why William cleaning up behind them had to, was able to acquire her body. Um, they get Montrose. Um, they're about to escape. They get in. Um, they get their vehicle, which has been repaired magically. I'm pretty sure because it it was it was ready to go. And they drive it, and they reach the bridge. And they're being followed. And they're like, you know what? Screw this. They're gonna ram the bridge. And as they try to ram the bridge, they didn't realize that they were in a magical show. <laughs> because they get ready to pass a bridge, there was a ward that was built on the bridge to keep stuff out or keep stuff in. And Samuel Braithwaite had raised it to keep people in hmm. and other people out. So they ran into the magical barrier and it like, if airbags existed, it probably would have killed them. Because they ran that bad boy pretty hard. And um, what ends up happening is um, Braithwaite, the Braithwaites come as well as the Lodge and Samuel decides I have to make an example out of one of you. Who's it going to be? Oh, yeah. And he tells Atticus you choose. Since you are the cause of this you choose. And Atticus is like I'm not choosing nothing. And he's like okay I'll choose for you. And he shoots Uncle George. Yeah. And Uncle George tells his brother Montrose um, you may not be his father I may be his father but don't tell him um, etc etc and he basically tells him about you know the relationship with the mom and whatnot and Montrose was pissed um, because he sort of kind of knew that he made that his brother could have been the father too hmm. um, and Uncle George dies. So then Braithwaite was like, um, I think Braithwaite then shoots Letty too as just yeah. to punish Atticus. And he's like, don't worry, you're not going to die. Um, I'm just, you know, basically it's just to punish Atticus. And um, the next thing you know is they're there. They take him back to the, to the Artem, to the Artem um, compound, to the Artem Lodge. And Letty wakes up. And she's freaked out because technically she died. Yeah. But um, 
Samuel decided I'm gonna bring her back. This is just punish Atticus, like I said. And she's brought back. She is different. She's a little messed up. Well, yeah, there's pretty good reason. <laughs> I mean, usually, crossing over, coming back. It, you know, it, from our topic of discussion last week of right. Lucifer, we've seen they really kind of tends to fuck with people right. in a way that you really never anticipate. So she's pretty messed up. Um, she's like, why? She she it takes her a while to, to cope with it. And as a matter of fact, for the next couple episodes, that's what the storyline is. She's dealing with being alive because what's happening is she's she's sensing stuff, um, but she's not understanding what she what's happening. And um, they're deciding um, we're gonna we so okay so to get to the the close out this this first big chapter, um, Samuel Braithwaite decides we're gonna do this. Um, he said, hey, listen, if you promise me that you'll do the ceremony, I'll bring her back. That's why she got resurrected. Okay. Atticus said, okay, I'll do it. But my father stays, and I want you to bring back my uncle. He said, okay, I'll bring your uncle back after we get done with this um, ceremony. And he says, okay. So he agrees to it. And what um, Atticus didn't realize was the ceremony was intent to take his life force and use it as fuel to open up the gates of Eden. And the gates of Eden is what will give uh, Samuel and anybody that he decides is worthy eternal life. Um, yeah. And of course, more than likely, it would just turn you into a, a um, Lovecraftian creature that lives yes. on the water. The, the, I think it's, uh, <laughs> well, they first appear in the story Dagon. I can't remember yeah. what they're called. <laughs> but yeah, they basically become fish people and live underwater yeah. for, you know, eternity. <laughs> Which is kind of a shitty trade-off. <laughs> you know, you know like, I guess. But uh, it makes sense because there's nothing but horror that lives in the deep, dark depths of the ocean. There you go. So, um, anyways, Atticus agrees. Um, Christina had other things in mind. Um, Christina, um, so Atticus was starting to have dreams of his ancestor. He didn't know that what it was in the beginning, but then he finds figures out, oh, this is my ancestor. Um, and in, in the dream, um, he's running through this, he sees his ancestor running, she's pregnant, she has the book of um dark, she has the, the book of death, and she's running and the house is on fire, and she's she points at him and mouths something. And then it vanishes. Um, and Atticus burns a little bit. In the dream, and um, that that's something that's that's something for later on. Basically, um, she's passing on the message. Um, I forget what the message is at the moment. I can get back to it when I get there. But she's basically trying to tell him it'll be okay. Um, anyways, um, he um, gets a ring from William, who's actually Christina. In the show, Christina enchanted this ring. Um, so, first off, in order for Samuel Braithwaite to cast this spell for eternal life, he had to take all his spells on him, all the wards that he put on himself, so that he couldn't die or age. So, that's one thing I didn't mention. Samuel Braithwaite, in order to attain the power that he had, he's old. Like, I don't know how old he is, but he's old. Hmm. The reason why he's that old is because he used the Mark of Cain, and he used his own version of invulnerability spell on himself so in order to cast his ritual he had to be pure again 
are human again. So he had to remove all his protection charms off himself, which made him vulnerable. Because, I mean, in order to be, receive his own life, you got to be vulnerable, I guess, right? <laughs> so when he did that, it allowed Christina, who posed as William, to um, enchant... So in, 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 the, in the TV series, he enchants the ring with some type of magic, which when the ritual was performed, it would encase, um, it would encase um, Atticus in like a protection spell of his own um, and the darkness would then consume William. Um, so what happens is Atticus gets this ring that, that he doesn't know is enchanted. Uh, it's different in the book. He literally flies out kills his father with magic. But in the <laughs> TV series, um, um, he's wearing this ring and he's in this little circle and it looks sort of Star Trek-ish because there's this almost triangle-like setup and this energy is zing, 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 and hits Atticus in the center and it's drawing out his spirit, his soul, essentially. And so Atticus is getting blasted with this and he sees this... Um, Things sucking out his life force, and it's working like it should because Atticus is definitely what was the missing ingredient mm. to the, open the gate of eternal life. And the gate is almost open, and then all of a sudden the magic kicks in to protect Atticus from death. And when that happens, um, the trigger, um, this darkness, this dark shroud comes over Atticus and shields him. And when it does that, the gate of um, eternal life is corrupted. And it starts spitting out hellfire. Anybody that's in the room turns into a salt pillar. It, it becomes biblical. God is literally putting everybody into salt pillars. And so um, Samuel Braithwaite didn't have a chance to do anything about it. He gets turned to stone. He didn't die, but he got turned to stone. So literally, I guess he is dead. He is stone now, right? Yes, well, he's a pillar of salt. <laughs> well, we'll see if he doesn't somehow manage to come back at some point. Um. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna do that. I think they're gonna do like the book and just make it. That was the whole. Oh, scene. really? That was the whole thing. I they're think just that was gonna, the whole thing. I mean, I it's think a it was good. A limited series. It's a good place to leave off. Yeah. Honestly, like the ending was, it, it put a nice little bow on it. Yeah. So, um, anyways, um, Samuel Braithwaite is in half of the half of the covenant is turned to pillars of salt, and the whole um, lodge is brought down by this backfire magic. Somehow Atticus survives. He's weakened though. George survives and Montrose survives. And of course William was nowhere to be seen. He left us because he knew what was going to happen. He had already um, started heading towards Chicago. <laughs> for the next part of, or Christina I should say, had already started heading towards Chicago for the next part of her adventure and his adventure. So anyways, um, they get out, they get in the car and they drive back all the way back uninterrupted to Chicago and they get there um, and they have George's body in the car Letty Montrose Atticus hmm. and they have to explain they have to explain to Hippolyta what happened to George and their excuse was <laughs> we were traveling we ran into a place in the, in the in the green book that was marked as safe, and we got into a shootout with, um, or we got into a car chase and a shootout with um, some racists. 
and Uncle George took 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 one for the team. Of course, Hippolyta being special as well in this storyline. She's a, she was like the other special character in the storyline, as well as her 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 her, her daughter. Doesn't believe him, but she takes her face value because she's in pain right now. Um, she takes it for face value, and they um, they get they're trying to figure out what's next, dealing with the sons of um, Adam. Um, I'm I'm starting jumping ahead in the storyline now because I know time is probably getting crazy. Oh yeah, I think we're hold on here. Let's take a look, see what we're at. About an hour in, and we've covered two episodes. So. Um, <clears throat> They decided, hey, listen, um, we need to figure out what's going on. Um, I don't know why I lived. Something happened there. Um, I saw a vision of my of my ancestor who protected me. Um, so um, they're back in Chicago, and they come to find out, hey, Christina is in Chicago. Um, Lady all of a sudden has a new house in her name uh, under the guise that her mother gave her. Her mother had passed. And apparently, um, it was written in that um, her mother had somehow come across ten thousand huh. dollars in a house, and the house's gift was given to Letty. And um, you don't realize that this house was all part of um, Christina's next set of plans. Um, she wanted to treat, and she even spoke to um, Attica. She called him cousin. You know, because technically yeah. they were cousins. Hmm. Um, and she didn't necessarily... In this TV show, she wasn't necessarily treating them as equals, but she wasn't treating them as enemies either. She's treating them as, you know, I respect you as long as you respect me type deal. Like, they weren't family per se, but they weren't enemies either. And as long as you help me to my goal, then I'll, you know, help you to yours, but my final goal is what I want, you know. She's still definitely her father's daughter, you know. The end goal was eternal life. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um, Christina had set up shop. She had a realtor. She was this um, black guy's realtor for her, and she got Letty the house, and Letty didn't realize that it was because of her. Um, Letty um, gets this new house, and Letty, Letty gets this house, and unbeknownst to her, it's haunted with the spirit of a former lodge member. And she doesn't know this yet. Mm. And so Letty, um, mm-hmm. and so Letty um, buys this house, and she's going to use it as a. Um, she buys it first of all. She buys it in the white neighborhood. But yeah, look, on the north side of Chicago. There you go. Yeah. You want? You got some info on this one? Oh no! They say she. I mean, that is the kind of thing that pisses a lot of people off in that particular time period and uh that plays out to the you know to the effect you would expect it to in a pretty much all white neighborhood minus mm -hmm. them uh and she also gets renters doesn't she she does she gets so, oh yeah housemates so yeah renters. further pissing off the neighbors ain't all people of color too they're all black people no white people <laughs> exactly so like i said further pissing off the neighbors <laughs> So, how do you, you know... It, so, what do you expect to happen now? Exactly what happens next. And, and uh, the uncivilized and horrible freaking era that you find yourself in at that time. 
they they burn a cross on the front yard, don't they? They do. Yeah. At one point in the story, yes. Because, they also uh, go ahead. Go ahead uh, I mean, yeah, because you know, it's it. Clearly, they didn't know that they were already pissing people off. You have to do that for good measure. <laughs> kind of dumb, like. And that's the thing. That's clearly something that happened in this era of history. Mm-hmm. And the show touches on that really well while incorporating elements of horror into it. Mm-hmm. And tell you the truth, it's not always clear which is the, supposed to be the scarier parts. You know, like the. But seriously, though, they knew they were pissing off the neighborhood by doing what they were doing. That wasn't the goal. It was the goal is to give people a place to live. But then you have that dumbass response. Right. So. Yeah, and um, so not only did they get cross burned in their yards, they also got it, which was the last straw, by the way. Um, but they also got bricks thrown into their windows. They had um, horns tied to. I'm sorry, they had bricks tied to horns and cars honking twenty four seven at the residence. Um, what else happened to the uh, residents of that place? All I gotta say to them is, if you can survive that car horn for twenty four hours, good on them for killing their own car battery. Screw them. Um, I, I hope it costs them. I think I think they have something written on their property that says, um, "I don't think they were." They had something written on that on on their on their property that was offensive. Um, yeah, I can't remember man. what it was. But um, before this, though, um, the house. Uh, when Atticus looks into the house, he finds out that the house used to be owned by um, a former lodge member um, who was a doctor. And then what you learn also is this doctor um, knew the police chief in town that killed, or tried to kill William. Um, William. And this doctor would perform surgeries on the police chief who was part of the lodge of Chicago. Um, using um, body parts from missing black people in Chicago. So the police chief had the body, the torso of a black man and had his head and then um, had the arms of a black man and a white man and I don't know what his below parts were. I'm assuming he wasn't married. Yeah, at that point, that Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, he was basically Frankenstein's yeah. monster. Because, I mean, what was it, Lancaster? Was that his name? Yep, Lancaster. And Dr. Hiram. Yep. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that whole thing was beyond <laughs> fucked up. Like, that. this series only gets gradually more and more screwy as time goes. Like, <laughs> I can remember by the end of it, I was just kind of... This is the point where I started, like, the inner voice in your head that goes, what? Like, it starts to fade away, and you just accept it. Like, anything that happens beyond that point, it's that's just natural. Right. At that point, like, I'm not going to question it. Right. Like, at that point, I wouldn't have been surprised if, like, you know, Cthulhu was downstairs making eggs for breakfast in the morning. <laughs> Asking everybody how they preferred, you know, their what they preferred on their toast. And while you're joking, that sort of kind of is what happens. They do go back to the Cthulhu thing there, theme there with <laughs> stuff being underground and bubbling up to the surface slowly. Um, they gave Letty gave Letty and Ruby because at this point in time, Letty and Ruby were back on speaking terms. Letty said, "Hey, I got this house for you and me to 
get over the past, our past differences. Because I know you always think that I only come to you when I need something, and that's not what I'm, I want to do. This for us. I want to open this. This um, what do they call it? Um, not they call it an apartment. They call it some type of housing. I say uh, it's not us. like a boarding house. Yeah, like it? a boarding yeah. house for us. I wanted us to be in charge of this boarding house, the men, us. And um, they throw away a homecoming party for it. And this was probably the only time I would think that, yeah, they shouldn't have done that because the neighbors are already pissed. Because they were sort of, I'm pretty sure it was kind of loud. Because they were having music, they were having dances. Um, Hippolyta was there with her kids. Some other people brought their kids there. And the kids decided to play... Um, what was it, bottle caps, I want to say? Or they played a card game in the basement. Hmm. And they didn't realize that Hiram's ghost lived in the basement. And so... They're playing um, this game. And um, I want to see... Somebody, oh, they found a Ouija board. And we all know in any ghost movie or any scary movie, when you find a Ouija board... Hey, the stand... You, you know, guys are watching the stand now. You know, a Ouija board does not amount to anything good in well, these type of movies. See, the problem was, was it the guy who played Samuel Braithwaite? Mm-hmm. He was in Ghost. He could have told them all this. They just let him survive a few more episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. The president from Scandal and the dude from Ghost. That's <laughs> that's who got turned to stone in episode two. <laughs> I love that. That's good. <laughs> so... The kids are playing with the Ouija board all of a sudden after they were playing, after they were kissing each other and whatnot. And they asked it a question. And of course, Hiram, being who he is, decided to respond. And when he responded, they, I think they asked him who was going to die next or who, who in this room would die or something like that, they asked. And Hiram said, um, they asked, or they asked who, Something happened, and it mentioned George. And then um, George, of course, was uh, Hippolyta's daughter's, you know. Yeah. And so she thought that he was playing. She thought that, you know, somebody was just playing a joke. So then they asked, who in this room would die? And it chose one of the kids. And that just freaked everybody out. And then that's when you heard, and they were like, ah, and they ran out of the closet. And they was like, um, something's going on. Something's going on. And, um... They're like, oh, y'all just, you know, got in the closet and just playing, whatever. So, um, Letty, um, is also, um, she likes to take pictures and she's like a, she's everything. She's like one of those multi-characters. So she notices when she's taking pictures that in the pictures, there are outlines of things. There are things in the pictures that she's taking. And, um, she also starts sensing some craziness that's happening. And... This is where I hate where the book was different than the movie, than the TV series. The reason why I say this is, in the TV series, Letty's mother was crazy. Letty's mother was a, um, she believed in the cult and stuff like that. And she died in the, in the TV series, broke. At least they thought she was broke, because she spent all her money on people who claimed to be spiritualists and whatnot. Had kind of, yeah. Well, in the book, that was who Letty was. <laughs> Letty was what they portrayed her mother to be huh. in the um, TV series, in the book, from the book. So Letty was sensitive in the book, and Letty could speak to spirits in the book. In the TV series, she had no idea what that stuff was. So anyways, um, Letty, um, 
I forgot what what happened for Letty to to decide to um oh yeah Letty heard something in the basement Letty went to the basement to see what was, what noise it was she thought maybe it was a burglar or something and when she went in there Harold was like here I go and he was like, but he just like there's like she saw this this red glow in the basement and it freaked her to freak out. And she's like, oh no, uh, we got to fix this. So she called, um, at the same time, Atticus was coming downstairs and he saw it too. And he's like, what the f was that? Which I would have done the same thing. Not me. You know what I've done? <laughs> out. Move. <laughs> or, kerosene, book of matches, all I gotta say. Like, that's the kind of shit that, yeah, like, I, a, a friend of mine is horribly scared of ghosts and his logic is he goes by predator logic if okay. it bleeds we can kill it there you go ghosts don't bleed it cannot be killed therefore it must be you know so um letty um was like i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know what i'm doing i can't believe i just i spent all this i got i got a, i bought a hundred house no wonder it was so cheap and she finds out the history of it and she finds out all it all relates back to artem and she's like, oh my goodness, I got to find a way to exercise this ghost or whatever. This is my house. Well, this is where you also start finding out the history of this house. She gets arrested. She's just walking on the street. And um, she gets accosted by the police chief. And the police chief is trying to figure out how did she get the money to buy this house? Who hooked her up with this house? Because he wants to know what's going on. Because, of course, um, Christina walks into his office. She gets arrested on purpose. And she walks into the, into the office and she plants something in his office. Well, no, I'm sorry. She doesn't plant anything. No, she does plant something in his office at the time. And she's talking to him and she's letting him know, hey, I'm here. Um, my father, yada, yada, yada. I know everybody knows what happened, but I'm here. And I come here and he's like, so what? You're a female. You won't have any, any authority in the order. Yeah, yada, yada. And that pissed her off. And so... So, um, anyways, they had their arguments, and she pretty much was like, okay, so you want to screw me over, so, okay, fine. Um, you're not progressive enough, yada, yada, you don't want to listen, yada, 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 because she was trying to come up with a plan to unite everybody, and under her, and they are like, no. He's like, no, I'm going to, Lancaster was like, no, if I can't lead this, you're a female, you don't mean anything to the lodge, I'm going to rule this, since, how, since um, Samuel is gone. And so what ends up happening is um, at Let Letty um, decides to hire a voodoo priestess. Hmm. The voodoo priestess, after she hires her to cast out the ghost, and she okay, so I'm sorry, I'm jumping. So Letty gets picked up by the police officers for no reasons, and she's like, I've been calling you guys to um, investigate what's going on here, yada, yada. And so he was like, so how in the world did you get the money to buy this? Who's helping you? Who's, who gave you the money? She's like, what are you talking about? So he kidnaps her, he beats her up and whatnot. And he's like, you don't realize your house is haunted. He's like, I used to help the man with the dead inward bodies um, in this house. Um, that's why all those people went missing. So what you're gonna find out was Hiram was um, asking to get bodies to experiment on, on black people for advancement of white people. He's trying to find a way to make the perfect vessel for whatever reasons. Anyways, um, 
lady figures out um, that she needs that she needs to have this uh, this voodoo priest come in. So she, I don't know where she found the voodoo priestess at. She gets this voodoo priestess. The voodoo priestess automatically brings with her a goat. On the steps, she cuts the goat's neck and she she puts the sacred circles on the borders of the house. And once she does that, she um they go into the house and they sage the house and then they go to the basement with um and she has at this time she has Atticus with her to perform the cleansing ritual. And lo and behold, they start doing the cleansing ritual and Hiram shows up in full effect and told them to get the fuck out of his house. <laughs> and she was like, um, no, this is my house now. And they're in the spiritual fight. And somehow, um, Hiram was able to overpower the voodoo priestess and he possesses her. And um, they kick her, um, they kick him out of her. But the poor woman, I don't know if she died or not, but she was knocked unconscious. So as you're fighting, and Lady is, you know, her and Atticus are chanting, saying the words, and all of a sudden, um, Hiram is there as a head, and he possesses Atticus. And so this crushes Leticia, because she's by herself. And Atticus is possessed, Atticus is coming to her, choking her, choking her, and she's just sitting there still saying the words, and uh, I'm freaking my son out. <laughs> he's freaking out. He gives the water drop and he's starting no, to No, I'm freaking out from that uh, null picture. Uh oh. So, anyways, um, he's going on and Atticus is choking her out and she pushes Atticus off of him. She's, she's crying from desperation and she's crying for, and she, she's hurt because this is the man that she loves that's been possessed and she's trying to him to fight and she keeps saying the words and all of a sudden, She's calling on the spirits of the ancestors, the spirits of all the people that's been harmed, and still saying the, the enchantments. And all of a sudden, all the people that have been experimented on, you see them coming. And as she's doing this, um, she expels um, Hiram out of Atticus. And, and now, the only thing that Hiram has left is his is his metaphysical body. And you see all these people that he harmed coming out at him coming out and you slowly start to know that she's winning because as she continues to chant as she continues to grow stronger they, they chant with her and as they chant with her their bodies that were deformed slowly started to be fixed and be made whole again and then when they're made completely whole Hiram's body Hiram's spirit metaphysical form implodes on itself as he's telling her get you know he's, he's screaming at this point because he's already told her continues to tell her to get the fuck out of his eyes Right, <laughs> because screaming louder will do it. That's <laughs> so his metaphysical body collapses in on itself and is expelled. Now, in the book, this is completely different. In the book, Letty and Hiram, because again she can speak to spirits, they make a deal. The deal is, you leave me the f alone. And I won't, I won't banish you. <laughs> that was a deal that was in the book. It was a simple thing in the book. Anyways, um, they, um, let's see. I'm sorry. 
Letty expels Hiram, and the house is now hers completely. Like, what she didn't realize was Hiram had built a bond, and whoever owns the house outright owns the house. The house is sentient. She doesn't realize the house is sentient at this point. But now that she has banished Hiram, the house is completely hers. It responds to her. And um, she didn't realize she had an elevator, which is, like I said, the house is sentient. He made it sentient. The elevator has a mind of its own, and there's something else in the house that you don't know about. Like I don't, they don't, re, they don't even really reveal it. But um, something in the house, I don't know whether it's, I don't know what it is. Um, I'm gonna get to that in a second though. So this elevator goes up and down. Well, she doesn't know there's a basement level beyond the basement, which takes you to the multiverse place, the multiportal place. Um, anyways, um. She's done this. She's expelled Hiram. Um, everybody, she, Atticus is like, wow, what happened? Again, I feel sorry for the spiritual chick that she brought because I don't know if she's dead or not because you yeah. don't ever see her get up. Right. <laughs> um, anyways, um, freaking, they go on and um, they go on to the next phase there where they um, start investigating um the books and stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the the whole like multiverse time and space thing too that they do actually also fits kind of within Lovecraft because Cthulhu himself was an extraterrestrial being. Like the the ancient ones were extraterrestrial they landed on earth i don't know how uh they're different elementals they're the ancient ones and they went to war with an, a race known as the elder things that existed on earth before their arrival i think is what i if i remember correctly so yeah the uh the elder things and uh the ancient ones still kind of exist throughout the cthulhu mythos in some way but they're also other dimension. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing I forgot to mention. I think it's interesting that they use Lovecraft as a backdrop mm-hmm. for a story, like a green book-like, you know, story that heavily incorporates elements of race because Lovecraft himself, as much as I like him, as much as I like his writing, not so much of a guy that you'd want to hang around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely was a racist of course mm-hmm. early 1920s you could throw a rock and easily hit 10 you know mm-hmm. like that it's that's not saying anything particularly new from the area from the era in which you know he he was part of right um but i mean it's interesting that they use that because it's kind of taking his own thing and turning it into something that's more of a reflection of himself mm-hmm. i like that uh, you know, kind of reclaiming it from its own racist history and turning it back on him in a way. If that makes any sense. No, no, no. I get you. I totally get you there. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> at this point, uh, at this point, um, they start researching, um, well, Atticus wants 
to have magic for himself now. He sees how it's being used. He sees the players at it. He's like, you know what? In order to protect us, I need a piece of that. Um, Letty is starting to figure out that, oh, I think Atticus knocked me up. <laughs> <laughs> because during that party, Atticus and Letty, yeah. for the first time, have relations. And you know, it was pretty passionate. Um, anyways, um, Atticus wants magic. Um... But he doesn't necessarily go about it the right way. He goes and he finds his cousin, which of course is Christina, and he finds out that you know he's already, he'd already found out that she sold Letty the place, um, and that the extra money they, the money that supposedly was her Letty's mother was actually from um, Christina. And Christina tells him, "I did that because of what she went through," and um, and Atticus had intentions once he went to see her to kill her. And of course, she uses her. She's warded with the with the um, the mark of Cain, but she also has abilities um, to erase the memory. She has the erase memory ability as well as she can make you freeze. She has a she has like telepathy where she can lock you out of your own body. And yeah. so Atticus is talking to her, and Atticus pulls a gun out on her, and he tries to shoot her, but he can't. And, but he can talk, but he can't move because she's freezing him. She's literally taking over his body enough to where he can't move. And so, um, I mean, that's a hell of a power to have. I froze well, she, you. Well, she explained in the series that most um, disciples of um, of the most disciples. Um, could barely make magic themselves. Those who could make magic were uh, were amazed, and those who could make more than one magic um, for themselves was unheard of. So she considered herself a prodigy because she was able to do many multiple spells, and so could her father. That's what made him so powerful. So she said, "Magic isn't easy," <laughs> but it's the fact that she could do multiple magics. Um, and the fact that she wasn't accepted, which pissed, which pissed, it pissed her off, because she learned all her stuff by heart. William taught her just because he didn't think that it was right for women not. She believed that all children or descendants of Adam should have this power, and hmm. the fact that women were left out or not taught it, he didn't appreciate that. So he was sort of revolutionizing. So he was oddly progressive in he, one way. Exactly. Exactly. But okay. And he was older than her, by, by by the way. He was way older than she was, and she mentions it. And so, yeah. But anyways, um, Atticus tries to kill her. He can't because she's frozen him. And she tells him, you're going to get her killed if you keep coming in like this. He's like, besides, cousin, really? You didn't think this out? Killing a white woman in, in broad daylight? You don't, you, you sure about that? And then when she does that, she lets him go, and he leaves. Uh, or no, she leaves, and then um, the spell she releases the spell. She's a safe distance away, and then she tells her you're gonna end up getting her killed. And so then she goes and she meets up with um, Letty by chance, happen chance. And um, the one thing that Letty didn't know was that Hiram had warded the house against any members of the sons of um, Adam besides himself. Hmm. 
And so anybody who had magic um, or who, who was, you know, part of the lodge could not enter without permission. And so um, Christina tried to come and talk, speak with Letty. And when, when Christina came, Letty met her at the door. And uh, Christina was like, oh, aren't you going to let me in? And she's like, why would I do that? So Christina was like, because, and she tried to push her way in. And she hit the barrier. She's like, oh. She's like, okay. She's like, I see that you've expelled Hiram. Because <laughs> <laughs> now the house is hers. It's protecting her. Yeah. Um, and she's like, um, you know, um, Atticus, the way he's going about things, he's going to end up getting you killed, but I can protect you. And um, so on and so forth. And they talk. And uh, basically at that point in time, Lady tells her, tells her to get off her effing property. She's the only thing to do do it. You know, I don't want anything to do with you. And so um, Christina enacts her other plan, which dealt with Ruby, which was yeah, um, Letty's sister. Um, and Christina goes on this whole thing about seducing Le uh, Ruby as William. And Christina turns into William, and coincidentally meets up with um, Ruby because in, so in the TV series Ruby was a singer and she would do clubs. Um, and so this. So she had just done a number at a club, and she decided, hey, I'm tired. I just want to drink. And who so happened to be there? William slash Christina. Right. <laughs> so William seduces, um, and I find it funny because Ruby's the whole time was like, um, I don't want to drink from you. Why are you trying to get me a drink? She's like, um, you're not going to get nothing from here. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm just here just being friendly. I think you deserve a drink. You have a very lovely voice. And so she accepts a drink. She's like, you're still not going to get none. And he's like, okay. Anyways, ends up happening is William slash Christina ends up banging Ruby. Um, he bags Ruby. Um, and they talk. And he asks her what she wants out of life. And she tells him, I want to be able to go through life without feeling um, like I'm being watched or being persecuted by, you know, yeah. white people. Because that's, she's like, because I don't believe anybody should be persecuted because of the color of their skin, yada, yada, yada. So she gives that, she gives the whole speech about equality. Hmm. And um, William tells her, what if I can give that to you? And she's like, what you talking about? He's like, well, while you were sleeping, <laughs> I sort of gave you something. Um, and it should be cook kicking in any minute now. Um, I'm going to let you see how you enjoy this. And so all of a sudden, her body freaking starts to cringe like she's about to turn to a werewolf and she gets put into like this flesh cocoon and then a few minutes later she bursts out of the flesh cocoon and she is a white woman yep <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because these are these are the episodes I remember the most and I, I think it's because of because the potion only lasts a certain amount of time. Until you get used to it, then you can transform yeah. almost at will. Yeah. Yeah. And the part that confuses me is okay, so the first time Ruby changes back, basically, William essentially cuts her out. He has to, yes. Of the flesh sack. Mm hmm. And later on, it just turns into like a really bad skin shedding thing except mm -hmm. it is definitely a bloody change mm -hmm. so she does this in public a few times like elevators and stuff so now I'm thinking 
There's just piles of flesh and blood, flesh and blood, just in random places Everywhere. throughout Chicago, <laughs> yeah. which makes it look like somebody got eviscerated. Yeah. You don't hear shit about it from anywhere else, <laughs> and I'm assuming it's because Lancaster's the chief of police, and somebody's just like, "Hey, we found a whole other pile of skin and blood." At random, he just like hold oh, that Williams up to it again. Like that's all I can see happening from there. There's like the the implications of everything are a lot more like the the implications of the transformation are a lot more horrifying to me, just because of the fact that nobody ever addresses the fact that they're finding random flesh piles in Chicago. <laughs> and that's where my mind. That's why I think it's. To me, some of the more memorable is because it's like sometimes I want to find out what's going on in the background, like right. so when she does outside of the bar that one night. Right. Okay. Who the hell cleaned that up? Exactly. Somebody yeah. was back in that alley throwing away trash or something later, and was just like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to deal with it today. <laughs> I see this, but I'm just going to let it go. Out. <laughs> so yeah, so um, Ruby goes on this big adventure where she's. Um, now a white woman and she's starting to live out herself as a white woman William tells her hey you only have a certain amount of time that this was that you'll be able to keep this form you'll know when it's about to change and when it does you need to be somewhere where no one else is to make the transformation as as Cody has already mentioned yeah hopefully somewhere with a shower so during this whole thing um, Ruby gets to experience what it is to be a white woman in a colored area or an area at the time that you know you know nothing with black people she gets and she gets to understand what it the show actually shows privilege hmm. um shows that she had you know shows that she, how her privilege afforded her the life or death sentence of another person that was not white and that scene comes up to play where she gets bumped into by a kid with popcorn and there's this white police officer that's been watching the whole scene and he wants to really do harm to this black kid for no reason yeah. other than he accidentally bumped into a white woman. Yeah, I remember that because that was, <clears throat> it was horrifying yeah. because I, I really thought something was going to happen. And Ruby told her, um, told him, no, um, I, he didn't bump, he didn't try to steal anything from me. I accidentally bumped into him. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. And that luckily saved that kid. And then, of course, they take her and they're like, where are you, um... They, they, they pick her up and they drive her and say, like, okay, I'm sorry, ma'am. Your husband has already called us and told us um, about you and that, you know, that you got lost and whatnot and that you're on this medication and it makes you a little, you know, weird. So we're going to take you back to your residence. And so they drive her back to um, William's place that he bought. And as soon as she gets there, this is the form, this is what Cody was talking about where she metamorphed and he had to cut her out the seat in order to, you know, to turn her back to herself. Yeah, and like it. He lays down plastic sheeting on yes. the floor and everything, and it turns into an episode of Dexter for yes, a second. Yes, it does. And they're not really sparing a whole lot of detail. <laughs> so she transforms and um, she comes back to Ruby, and she asks him what just happened, and he tells her. He told her about the whole potion and everything, hmm. but he's still he's still pretending. Christina at this point in time is still pretending to be William, and so Ruby doesn't know that she's just boinked a man chick. Whatever. Yeah, like a, a shapeshifter. A shapeshifter, basically. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, um, Ruby goes on. He tells her, hey, 
here's your vials. Anytime you feel like you want to be free or want to adventure as this person, you can. So, this whole time was, this was Christina's plan, which was sort of messed up, was to get her addicted to being a white woman at the time of privilege. Hmm. And by doing that, then Christina would be able to manipulate her in order to portray her sister. That was the ultimate goal for this. Hmm. Uh, it sort of didn't quite work that way. Kind of. It, it, it sort of kind of. <laughs> it, it didn't, it didn't. Um, it was mixed. It was a mixed bag. But anyways, um, Christina um, now has Ruby addicted to this. And Ruby decides to go on this whole heroin trip where she's now <laughs> going to get the job that she got passed over for um, because she was black. Um, she gets hired as a manager of the store. Yeah. Um, the manager of the store apparently is bored with his wife at home. And he's trying to cheat on her. And he... Um, He's basically abusing his position to hire attractive women. Right. So he has this black chick that he hired, and he hired her because, not necessarily because she was, um, he hired her because he needed somebody to have color because new laws were starting to change, and you had to have a person you can't couldn't not a person of color in these jobs. But also, she was a looker. He yeah, I'd say, to, she was definitely a looker. He wanted um, a taste of the brown coffee, as they call it back then. But he, he was attracted to black women, but he, 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 wouldn't, he couldn't do it in the open. And um, they go, so they so Ruby is still very much Ruby, even though she's this white chick now at this point in time. Huh. She's still very much Ruby, so she still knows the jazz. She still has that not of herself. And that intrigued which was another thing they showed fetish of black people by, by white people. Yep. Um, the women at the store were into the whole jazz club um, downtown on the, on the other side, on the south side. Right. Um, yeah. that's, that was risque. That was, you know, taboo. And they wanted a piece of that. Um, but at the same time, they didn't want to be, a, you know, attributed as that. Hmm. And um, Ruby gets them um, all... They all get to go to a club that Ruby likes, really likes in the South Side, and they go there. And um, Ruby's about to transform, and she knows it, and she's about she's leaving. Well, the black chick was there by herself, um, with her coworkers and with her boss. Well, the boss tries, to, and so she decides, "I'm going to leave. I need to leave because uh, this ain't really my element." Um, and the boss is like, "Okay, I'll walk you out." Well, you find out he tries to rape her. Yes. And Ruby catches this. And um, I don't know if Ruby assisted her at the time. No, she kind of just watched it. I think right. sa- somehow the lady got saved. I can't remember by what. Right. And all I know is what Ruby does next to this particular gentleman is something that <laughs> I'll never forget. And for the love of God, do not ever want to describe. <laughs> <laughs> So Ruby, um, I've skipped over a lot of stuff, but it's for time now. Hmm. Uh, Ruby um, decides, I'm going to teach him a lesson. She goes in knowing that she's about to transform soon. Yeah. And she seduces him. Makes him take his, does she make him take his clothes off or something like that? Uh... Or drop his pants or something like that. Yeah, at the very least that. And then... (laughs) Let's just say that she stomps him a new mud hole. Yes. Quite literally. Yes. 
with a stiletto heel. Yes, she does. And she's aiming very specifically. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that was and this was another moment in that show where I'm basically like oh, okay so that happened and I'm never going to forget that it's uh, a that wasn't even a revenge fantasy that was a revenge reality yeah so um needs to say she punished a boss and she transforms into herself in front of him to let him know that he got by a black woman. <laughs> yeah. Like. And not only that, so now the guy is bleeding profusely. I think you know from where. And he has. Someone completely drenched in blood from having just shed yes. her skin like some kind of horrifying flesh sack right in front yes. of him. Uh, you know, to basically be a person he denied for a job and also uh, exposing his racist tendencies right in front of him. So yeah, this guy, I don't think there's any way out of this for him because now he's in, surrounded basically by his own blood from bleeding out and a flesh pile right next to him. Yes. No matter what happens to this guy, it's not good, and I feel like it ends with the electric chair. <laughs> At the very least. So, um, Ruby walks out, uh, and then it, it flips back to um, Montrose. Which, I'll, I'll just add one other thing to that. It was horrifying to watch, but he earned it. He did. He earned it. Like, as much as I hate to say it, like, he he kind of got what he was asking for. You know, maybe not quite what he's asking for, but, uh, yeah. He got a close enough proportion. I, I suppose that's one way of putting it. So, really, um, so, yeah, so it flips off to uh, Montrose. Um, Montrose... Letty and Atticus. So they've now gone on an adventure. Letty has discovered... Um, actually, I'm sorry. I'm skipping something. Okay, so basically, um, the people... It gets real at the boarding house. Um, the people come... The people come and... Um, her neighbor, some of her neighbors decided, hey, we want to get you out of, get you out of our... Um, off our street. And a couple guys come in and try to bust the place up. Means that they know that they were that they were attacking a, a sentient house. It wasn't hunted at this point. It was sentient. It was protecting <laughs> its owners. So they come through the windows and they break through stuff. And um, I missed the part about Hippolyta too. Anyways, we'll get there. So they go into the house and um, the house goes into defensive mode. Um, they go into the house and they think that they hear um, they think that they hear Letty and her occupants in, in, the, in, in specific rooms but it's not it's the house in defensive mode the house literally kills these, these three chaps and like I was telling um, Chloe earlier 
there's something else in the house that they're not describing, but the bodies got hidden. I don't know whether this is the former spirits of the house, yeah. but the after the, after these three kids are killed and are missing, um, I think one of them did get away just just for good measure, just letting them not to mess with the house anymore. I remember the residents, but um, they're put into the elevator and taken to the multi-dimensional place. The bodies are oh, so I don't know how that happened, but you see at the end of the sh at the end of that show. Um, the elevator go down and the body isn't inside the elevator so I don't know how that happened so basically these three guys got haunted house home alone yes sir uh, yeah so Kevin McAllister sentient form is a house there you go gets rid of them and then deposits them in a pocket dimension yes basically that's terrifying and also <laughs> something I am sure John Wayne Gacy wishes he had so um they go on and um, nobody messes with them after that. Like everything stops, all the BS stops in the neighborhood. Like, right? Nothing. Well, I think it's pretty good reason, although I although it's weird because no one else really knows that the house kind of uh, ate people. Well, Lancaster, Lancaster, well, he doesn't know it ate people, but he knows that it's that it was hunted. Well, yeah, he does, but like her neighbors don't though. Yeah, no, they yeah. figured it was nobody would buy it. Anybody that tried to buy it would, would leave, would sell it, right, like within a week. Because at the time, Iron didn't want them there. Anyways, um, <laughs> and what I missed, the tip, what I failed to tell you guys is, while Hiram was still in the, was still part of the house during their throwing away, going away, during during the um, welcome home party, um, Hippolyta, Hiram for whatever reasons, allowed Hippolyta to um, find, um, I forgot name that globe, what's the name of the globe thing? The Ori, huh? The Ori. The Ori. Or, ori. Yes, the Ori. Um, Hippolyta. Hi, um, Hiram allows Hippolyta to get the Ori, and he te he speaks to her. Um, and she gets the Ori, and she doesn't know why she got it, and she actually sees it open, and she takes it with her, and she's she has this Ori, and she's trying to figure out, you know, how that works, mm -hmm. and she figures it out. She finds coordinates in the Ori. She goes to those coordinates. Um, she she finds the machine that you were talking about the other dimensions when you were talking about um, yeah. Lovecraft. She finds the machine that allows you to go to different dimensions. She jumps. She she uh, she plays with it, and um, by this time Atticus, um, Montrose, and Letty are in I want to say DC at the museum because they're searching still transfer from magic. Uh, or trying to search for the book of of, of the dead, uh, and they go. They're in DC at this time, and they um, come across um, Titus's. Um, they find. They find. They find the somehow in this museum, um, the order. The order of Adam had a pocket dimension in it, in the secret space. Okay. They had to go through all these little Indiana Jones quests to get to it. They almost died until they figured out the puzzle. They get in there and um, they discover they discover a um, secret passage within. Mm -hmm. they, they discover the multi-dimension. In the multi-dimension, they find this, they find what Titus was hiding, and it was. Basically, this um, woman who was Aztec, 
who was a priestess and had the the ripped out the missing pages to the uh, Book of the Dead for Eternal Life. Huh. It was basically it was the magic. It was the book, essentially. And Titus, out of revenge, had cursed her to where she couldn't speak, using the magic. Um, at the at the so she she told him I taught we met this man he was looking for um, stuff to he's looking for the eternal 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 and so we decided out of ignorance I guess because we thought he just wanted to learn with us but we didn't realize he wanted power hmm. and they taught him the magic and that's how it came into being and they taught him the magic of the ancients of the book and he cursed her. Because she's the only other person that knew more than he did, she made it work. Because he wouldn't, she wouldn't tell him how to unlock the gates to Eden. Because it was forbidden for them to do that for whatever reasons. So he cursed her where she couldn't talk. And um, when they, um, only people that could understand were the people who had his, who was cursed, who, who she cursed in return. She cursed him in return, his bloodline in return. Yeah. And they're the only ones who communicate with her. Anyways, they had triggered some type of water spell, some type of it was crazy, man. It was it was weird. They triggered something that caused a flood. So they grabbed the pages and they grabbed her and they were running out. So she was special because only the pre the priestesses of that time had to be both um had to be of both sexes. Hmm. So basically she was a hermaphrodite. She oh. had both male and female parts. She was female outwardly, but she also had male parts. Mm. And um, anyways, so they were making reference to angels. You know, Cor- oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, anyways, Montrose knew had already read everything, and Montrose wasn't stupid either. He was he knew that knowledge was power. He knew what was up. He, to me, he made a, a, a foul error because he killed her. Because they told Atticus gave her oh, his word that he would yeah. protect her. So that he can learn magic, so he can learn. And she's like, I won't teach anybody of, because I don't trust you, but I'm starting to trust you because you seem like a good person. And Atticus, I'm sorry, Macho was like, I'm not having none of this. I'm trying to save my son. And Macho slits her throat. Atticus finds out. Atticus beats the brakes off his dad. Oh, yeah. I do remember Um, that scene. That was a. And that made Letty scared because Letty was like, You are like your father. it goes to a whole other thing. Um, anyways, by this time, Hippolyta had figured out that her husband didn't die the way that, that they said he died. As a matter of fact, um, I think someone whispered in her ear about how he really died. Anyways, um, she goes off, and her daughter wanted to go with her on a trip because she was going to go off. She had found um, the coordinates from the Orient. She talked to her dad and figured these out figured out that it wasn't just showing you this solar system, it was showing you multiple, the multi multiverse basically, but it was showing multiple solar systems. Um, and she figured out the formula, and she went to the coordinates that it gave, and it was somewhere like in Denver, some some crappy place like that. Right where the Denver airport <laughs> is. So That's the conspiracy. So, um, what she didn't realize was Lancaster had had police watching that place ever since Hiram had Created the, created the area, created the observatory, because huh. he figured there were some things that Hiram didn't tell him, and which Hiram knew not to tell him because Hiram knew Lancaster wasn't a good guy, even though he did mutilate 
<laughs> Lancaster to make him like Frankenstein. Yeah, where he can basically heal himself <laughs> with spare parts, right, and whatnot. Which, <laughs> so, um, she was there and she started putting in coordinates, and then um, Atticus somehow. This is what this is what made me laugh because the multi-dimensional place was a basement was uh, was in was in the basement of Letty's Letty's new boarding house. And so, when they jumped through, and when they got to the to the elevator, she's like, "This elevator leads to my house." They got to the elevator, and it took them up straight to Lady's house. Um, and during this whole period, um, they're like, "Well, we got this here." Um, I think the Ori had something to do with it, but I think that um, Hippolyta has the Ori. So they're trying to figure out what Hippolyta was. And Atticus figured out, oh my goodness, I think I know where she is. And he went there, um, I think he went to his niece, and his, I'm sorry, to his, to his cousin, his cousin told his cousin told him. And so he went drive. he um, decided to get in the vehicle and, and, and drive out to where she was. Well, he gets there, and he, as he gets there, she's being attacked by two cops that um, Lancaster had watched the case in the place. But she's already opened up a portal, and they're fighting the cops. Both of them are fighting the cops at this point, and um, Hippolyta um, decides she's going to jump through. Well, she jumps through, and she says, "Come on, Atticus, let's go." So Atticus jumps through. You think they're going to go to the same place? No. Hippolyta was the special one. Hippolyta got picked up by the old, by one of the the, the good old gods, like the. The, the, the angels, so to speak. <laughs> oh yeah, I say I didn't realize there was such a good thing, or there was a thing as the good old gods. Well, it was essentially I forgot what they call themselves, but they're like cyborgs, but they weren't. They're like robots, but they weren't. Yeah. And Atticus got sent to the future. Um. So the whole while while Atticus was in the future, Hippolyta was with was in the, with the other dimensional beings, and she was judge worthy um, of being one of them to be able to see. And surf um, the the multiverse at her at her will if she wanted to, um, and they modified her body. They gave her some type of things that allowed her to, to interact with the um, multiverse, and then eventually they told her, "Eventually, you won't need this because your body will be attuned to it, and you can do it at will if you wish." And um, she basically went to experience her past lives, and one of them she was an Amazon. Uh, well, she was an Amazon African Amazonian queen, uh -huh. and it saw her fight, fighting the French Legion. Nice. This, um, it, this is a real event that happened. These this African tribal women oh. uh, took on the French Legion uh, to protect their land, and they lost. But the French Legion said they had never fought a foe as aggressive, as strong as as those as that group. Oh. They said they lost. They lost a ton of men um, versus a small number of people that they killed. So they were definitely they were definitely surprised by the force. Of those women, and it was women too that took out the French Legion almost. Right. Um, anyway, she goes through these different lives, and then she goes to a life that she could have had with her husband, and she explains to him, and all this was for her to learn her true value, that she herself should not allow things to stop her from what she really wanted in life, and she actually talks to her husband George. In one reality, George was still alive. And it was a scene where they were in you know, bed together being passionate with each other. Huh. 
And uh, she explains to George that, you know, she put her life on hold for him. That she could have been an astrologist, but she didn't do it because she wanted to make sure that he was successful in life. And now she doesn't want to be secondhand. She wants to be a partner. And um, she wants to go do what she wants to do in life. She's tired of being at home and, you know, being a secretary. Oh, and, hell yeah. And she eventually learns who she is. And then she eventually learned she she went through a time where she was with, um, I don't want to say Doris Day. Is it Doris Day? Um, uh, she was singing with a famous um, jazz singer back in the day, which is, um, she's a real jazz singer during the um, Nazi era who sung in France. Uh, well, I think the, I think she was actually a spy for Americans that we didn't know about until later on in history. Oh, um, shit, I know what you're talking about, too, and I can't think but, of um, Yeah, so she was there. She lived in that lifetime, and this was all for her to discover who she was, who was, and the whole thing was, who was Hippolyta. Hmm. And she finally figured out, I am who I am. I am, my, I am myself. Excuse me. When she did that, she took the reins and she graduated to the future. And in the future, she was um space explorer on a planet, alien planet, with her husband George. And it so happened to be the same picture um, of her that her daughter had drawn in the book that she had. And then she met the the lady. Um, oh, and then she met the. Um, oh no, she didn't meet Atticus. While Atticus was in the future, he met the lady with the robot arms. And he didn't realize that was his cousin, his Elsa Belida's daughter. Um, the lady with the robotic arm mm. gave him the book, um, Lovecraft Country, written by his son. Oh. And he didn't realize that until after the fact. Um, his son, that's how he knew Letty was pregnant with his kid, officially. And Letty didn't, because Letty didn't tell him. And he figured it out because his auntie gave him the book. And Hippolyta figured out the one, the, the girl with the uh, robotic arm. And Hippolyta knew this. And um, anyways, once Hippolyta discovered who she was, she was given the choice. You can stay here hmm. or you can go back and save your daughter. And they said, you'll always be welcome here um, in, the ultra, in, the extra, in, the, in the dimension if you so choose to come back. And so Hippolyta decided, you know, my daughter's more important. And during this time, her daughter is being accosted by Lancaster. Lancaster curses her with a Jigaboo curse. And basically, it was a curse where she would see demons, and they would hunt her until um, they consume her mind, soul, and body and kill her. Good lord. That's... Wow. See, that was messed up. Well, that's extremely messed up. And I was thinking earlier the curse to like mute somebody was like petty and dickish. This one is It drove you insane. It was like syphilis on on, on trip. Yeah. But or anyway. or just gazing into the face of one of the elder ones. Yeah. Apparently that also yeah. causes madness. So she um she was cursing it made her it shriveled up her arm. And it was shriveled up her arm and so it it was desic it was desiccating her body basically. Right. And um, what ended up happening was. Now you're talking about the kid. So what ended up happening um, was Atticus came to the portal first. Of course, he he went back and he told everybody, "Hey, I got this book. It tells me what's gonna happen." Yeah, yeah, yada. He makes a phone call to his girlfriend in South Korea, 
And he says, how did you know? And she's like, I told you not to go back. She hangs up the phone. Yeah. Which, Jiha scares the shit out of me throughout that entire... <laughs> just get the tentacles. <laughs> for good reason. I mean, seriously. Well, actually, it's true. I don't like octopus. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like... This is Cthulhu one. or the elder things. Some octopuses today. have uh, green, have blue blood. Some so, octopuses. Oh crap! So, um, anyways, um, we go on and um, it starts telling the story of Gia. Um, she was a nurse. Um, her father was abusing her. Her mother put a curse on her, which was meant to harm her father. It was meant to protect her but to harm her father. Ended up she got possessed her her soul got emerged with a um Kumo. Yeah, Kumio. Kumio, yeah. which Oish. is a nine tail demon. Um fox demon. And And she basically has to lure one hundred men to their death. Yes. To exercise. Or ninety nine. Yes. So um they went to the the one the female shaman that, that that did this to her, and the female shaman told her, um, "Okay, I'm sorry." So she meets Atticus because Atticus Atticus's group had found a spy um, for the um, North Koreans and in the encampment, and they didn't know who it was. Turns out it wasn't her friend per se; it was her friend's lover. Her friend was having an affair with a teacher or with an instructor. Uh, but she, but you know, nobody's gonna talk. Um, her friend got shot in the head by Atticus, yeah, under orders. And her whole idea was she's gonna get revenge and, and take Atticus's soul, um, out of vengeance for her friend. She met Atticus, she tried, you know, she did her little girly thing, she dated him with all intentions of killing him, yeah, and then she fell in love with him. She saw something in him that wasn't evil. Actually, Atticus had gotten hurt the next day, and when he came back, she started. She said, "Oh, okay, I have access to him. I'll, I'll help him gain his trust and kill him." And they start dating, and she falls for him, and she falls hard for him. So she doesn't want to kill him anymore, but she got to feed the knight. <laughs> she got. Right. She got to feed the demon, and so. Um, she had learned how to try to subjugate the um, Kumio, and then finally, um, I guess Kumio was like, "You know what? I'm gonna do what I want to do," and it showed itself to Atticus, and Atticus freaked out and basically told her to stay the f away from me, <laughs> and ran away, and that was the gist of that. So Ooh. you know, which is a somewhat reasonable yeah. response. Yeah. The tentacle no. demon lives inside your girlfriend. You're probably you know the first time you see that, it's reasonable to say, hey, maybe we should take a break. <laughs> I um, like I think I know why it did that. It's like okay, so I see you being stubborn. So then it makes him run away. <laughs> it makes him run away. So um, it's like this is your punishment. Nah, He's think, running away now. I, I think it wanted Goodbye. him as snack time for more of punishment. So um, she was able to because it did suck. It did suck him. Started sucking him. It didn't. It didn't last. She fought it off to make him dislodge. But she was able to see his death. 
She did see his oh, death. Oh, yeah, because she could see, like, his whole life right. span. Yeah. She was able to see his death, so she knew he was going to die. And, um, but that wasn't a time for him to die, which makes me think that the, that the nine, that the Kumio just did it just to yeah. teach her a lesson, like, show her yeah. who's, I'm still in control to a degree. And, and even at that, like, this whole thing, like, if some lady who basically had a tentacle demon attack you, mm-hmm told you that you were going to die if you went back to America mm-hmm. I gotta say there's a part of me that would believe it there's the other part of me would just move to Europe and get the hell away from her but uh, yeah i believe it I'd be like I'm just going to stay here <laughs> and, and like so she'd never, able, she'd never been able to see the death of her victims before she only, she only saw what, what their past lives were oh. so this was new for her so anyways, um, we're going to skip the other stuff. Um, she goes to meet the, the um, shaman with her mother, mm-hmm. and the shaman tells her she has seen much bloodshed and death before she's released from her curse. Um, or no, before she's consumed by darkness, that's what she said. Before you're consumed mm-hmm. by darkness, you'll see um, many more life, deaths, and blood, and all this crap. And so that was a clue to the ending of the show, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, um, after the phone call... Um, she comes to America and she just shows up on the doorsteps of Letty like she just pops up on the Letty's doorstep like hey and Letty's like who is this she's like I came looking for Atticus she's like I used to date Atticus and this is awkward because now you got her you got Atticus new baby mama and you got Atticus and it's like oh and so Letty's already ticked off because you know and like, thus the greatest sitcom was born. That's the yeah. worst That's the, thing. That's the worst thing that can happen. Like, all of a sudden, your girlfriend comes up to you and dumps you. After that. So, Letty, um, is, 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 is pissed. I'm like, to me, I'm like, why are you upset? This is his ex-girlfriend from Korea. Why are you upset that she- but I mean, I understand. That's my baby daddy now, and right. he doesn't know it. But I'm not gonna. But I'm still jealous because this this is the old chick, and she is sort of hot. I ain't gonna lie. Anyway, <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyways, um, Atticus is in an awkward situation at this point, and he talks and he tells, um, he tells, um, what's her name again? Jihan. He tells Jihan, didn't I tell you to stay the f away from me? I don't want to see you or talk. You get the. So he's mean to her. But he, I, but you can tell he's not really wanting to be mean to her. Yeah. He's just doing it just so that Letty, Letty won't freak out anymore. That and I'd also be scared that the mom calamari in her would come out again and try and... <laughs> <clears throat> so, so um, at this point, he isn't afraid of that now. He's seen too much. And I was like, okay, that's another day in the park. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that kitty's another thing in the park, you know? Right. So anyways... Um, he sends her away. She um, finds a hotel or something to stay at, and he's trying to to do damage control with Letty. And he, she's Letty's like, "What the f is she doing here?" And he's like, "I don't know. I didn't invite her. I just called her, and she she just showed up." <laughs> you know. I just called her. She told me don't <clears throat> to. And so, um, Letty um, is tripping and going a little nuts, you know. And um, yeah, exactly. A little cray cray. Um, which I didn't like the way they did that because I, I thought they could handle it a little better because I mean this whatever it's, they did it I, don't, I understand why they did it so anyways um, Montrose 
at the same time as going through his story arc where he just finally comes to terms that he is a gay man and he's no longer going to be living in fear for it. He um, he has a boyfriend. Everybody knows who his boyfriend is. Yeah. And um, he just decides, hey, I'm I'm free now. I'm this is who I am. I'm going to embrace it. And he does that. And um, he's living with his boyfriend, and they're keeping house. And um, Atticus and Lady decide to go there. And Atticus sees his father kiss his boyfriend. And Atticus is like, are you freaking serious? You freaking uh, beat me up and all this for, for... And so this is when Atticus realizes that his father beat him because he was beaten. His father didn't want him to be like... His father was hiding the fact that he was gay and was beating him because he didn't... Because he thought his son would turn out like he was. He didn't want that to happen. Which is a totally backwards psychological way of doing things. Well, yeah. And um, Gian, at this point in time, is still in the city, but she's in a hotel somewhere. She's out of the picture at the point, at this point, for now. This comes the time jumping thing. Um, Hippolyta is back. Hippolyta um, is there to save her daughter. In order to save her daughter, Atticus, Montrose, Hippolyta. And Letty have to go back in time in order to get the book. Because at this point in time, the book has been destroyed in the future. Mm, um, it, was, it was burned down in the house um, back in 1920. Back in. Yeah, and that's, that's where they incorporate the Tulsa. Yes. Yeah. Which, God. It, it was burned in the house. Way to incorporate some of the most shameful parts of American <laughs> history into this. Um <laughs> Actually, I mean, I guess the whole series is basically based on a shameful era of American history. True, true, true. So, um, they talk with Hippolyta. Hippolyta's like, well, you know, it was destroyed in order to go back in time. In order, in order to save my daughter, we got to get the book because she's, you know, she's burning up. She's starting to, you know, go nuts. And, and actually, they actually called, um, Christina to come help because um, Ruby was still with Christina and um, Christina revealed who she was well actually yeah Christina revealed who she was and Ruby was pissed was like so you using me you doing this using me for, against my sister yada 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 she's like no she's like I'm trying to save you, you and your sister both because Atticus is a hothead he's going to get your sister killed you know continue with that story like, I'm just trying to get eternal life I just so happen to need um, Atticus. Yep. Um, and so Ruby asked, was he going to die? And she was like, I don't know. He may, he may not die, which she knew he was going to have to die in order for a good turn of life. Anyways, um, <clears throat> Liar. it goes on. Um, Christina does a reverse, does a nature spell. Um, and this nature spell is meant to return, turn the back the hands of time. However, because this curse can only be removed by um, the caster, um, or of course the person dies, she can only revert it back to the beginning of the spell. So that will buy them time in order to get the book to completely banish it. Because um, only the, the Book of the Dead has a, a counter spell if you don't have the caster. Hmm. So um, they go and. Let's see, I think. Did they do this before? 
doesn't have anything in their way at the time. So okay, so they go back in time. They go back to the, the observatory. Um, Hippolyta fixes the machine because it got broken when the cop, the police officer shot at it, which made shot at it and broke the the thingies. Hmm. Excuse me. As they go back in, Hippolyta takes her time. She she fixes the machine from scratch. Like she literally like looked at the schematic and was like, I can do this. And she fixes it from scratch. That's freaking crazy. She then creates the portal to go back in time. The problem is they have a short they have a limited amount of time before the portal closes. Hmm. So they pull some Doctor Who crap, right? So they jump through the portal, um, and come to find out this whole thing took place um, in Atticus's... Atticus' father basically relives this point. And what you find out is, this is a fixed point in time. So, you find out that Atticus has been here already because this is a fixed point in time. This this event will always happen. It's an echo. Um, they go on and you get to see Montrose with his first boyfriend. Hmm. Um, you get to see meet Atticus's great, grand, his grandfather, I should say, not his great, but his grandfather. Um, he meets his mother's parents, his mother's, his great, his grandmother, uh, his grandfather. Um, he meets the young George. Um, and you get to see the whole dynamic between the three. Um, George, uh, Montrose, and his mom, I forgot his mom's name. And um, they're there, and so one of the things that Montreal said, the only thing that saved him during the 1921 riots was um, this guy coming out swinging like Jackie Robinson, that saved him from the crowd of uh, you know the white supremacist crowd, the, the crowd. Yeah. And unbeknownst to them, it was his son. It was Atticus. It oh. was actually Atticus who had, because again, like I said, this is a fixed point. This time, this was an echo of time. This period would continue to happen. Hmm. Um, apparently, what had happened was when they came back to get the book, Atticus saw um, this whole scenario play out, and he ran at the crowd of racists to save his father. And they all see this happen, and Atticus is like, "Something ain't right." No, his father's like, "Something ain't right." Because um, his father's like, "I need to go save him. If I save him, then none of this." This will be a max. Like, no, you do that. You might change time. We don't want to change time. He's like, but I can't let him. I can't watch him die again. And then um, Atticus sees his father being attacked and surrounded by these guys, and sees his uncle being surrounded by these guys. And um, Atticus, this will be a baseball bat in the car next to them. And Atticus puts puts together, that's me. I'm the person who saved them. So he runs out there. He's swinging his bat. He's beating them up. And that's where they get um, this crazy. This guy came out of nowhere, swing like Jackie Robinson, you know. And they said that's what saved us. And they literally, Alex literally beats them all. He knocks the female out, the male out, anybody that was being aggressive towards them. And he saves his father and his uncle, and they all run. And they get to the portal, and Letty is still nowhere to be found. Why? Because Letty is at the house. Of Atticus is the mother's house, and she's telling them, talking to them. She meets the grandmother. She's like, um, "I'm here. Um, I'm a descendant of such and such and such." Um, and then she feels a pain, and she's burning, and she realizes she's pregnant. And then she sees the seagull, and uh, she tells the old woman the story. What's up? She's like, "Well, this is this is from my great grandmother. She told us never to open the book to keep it. We can keep it here, but we could never open it and use the spells within." 
because it keep if we open it, then they'll let the others know where we are or where the book uh. is. And so um, she says, but you can have the book, uh, but you got to promise that you'll take care of my grandson that's in you, because she knew that she was yeah. pregnant. Um, that's kind of like hocus pocus, like it will let them know where they are, the witches, whenever they open the book, the giant light came out, their chimney. It was kind of like Hocus Pocus. Hmm. So, anyways, um, she gives Lady the book, and she t Lady tells them, she asks Lady, how do we die? And Lady, Lady said, you guys were burning the house. And she says, okay, I'm okay with that. Well, Lady is protected at this point by the mark. So I didn't tell you, I didn't mention this, um, Christina gives Letty the mark of the mark of Cain in her deal to protect her in order to protect her as long as she gives Letty as long as Letty gives her the book once she gets it back from the past. So she Letty has the mark of Cain, so she's protected from danger from any harm other than from divine or God. Um, Letty um, is watching them. She can't leave the house because this riot is going on. She literally has to wait till the house burns down around everybody. She sees. Atticus's family's family burned to death, like literally in front of her. Everybody's burning to death. And once it burns, you see the, the airplane drop a bomb, a gas bomb, and she's just walking through it, just holding a book, just walking, just crying because she's shocked. She had to watch these people die. Oh, but yeah. she's not being harmed because she has a marker cane on her. And Atticus and Montrose is like, where the F is she at? The portal is, and the portal is shrinking. It's slowly shrinking. So Montrose is like, I'm going to jump through. Now Montrose like, I'm going to stay in, in Atticus. like, no, go through now. He's like, no, I need to stay. And Montrose like, no. So Montrose pushes his father through. I'm sorry, Atticus pushes Montrose through. So Atticus is there. He's waiting. He's waiting. And then all of a sudden, you see it about to collapse. And so he jumps through. Atticus jumps through. And then just as it's about to collapse, Hippolyta is, Hippolyta is almost like done because Hippolyta is using her... Um, Celestial batteries to keep the portal open at this point, and she told her I can only do it for a little bit. And you can see her jittering, like her hair starting to turn colors and crap. And it closes, and all of a sudden it reopens and spits freaking um, Letty out. Back there. Yeah. Um, and Letty gets through, and they get the book, and you think like Hippolyta is done, but Hippolyta is about it, about it for her daughter. So they get back, they get the book. And um, another thing I didn't tell you guys about, because I'm trying to speed up because our time is pretty much done. Yeah. Um, Letty is told when she grabbed the book, um, her the ancestor created a pocket dimension using the book that for all her descendants to come through. It's not that she told, she said, she told him, it's not that I didn't want my descendants to use the book. I just need to prepare a place for them to use the book where it's safe. And so just like in Doctor Strange, we have the mirror, the mirror verse right. that was created. She created this verse, and she says, as long as you're here, it looks like it's on fire, but you're, it's not on fire. It's just that's the way, that was my emotion, that was my anger when I created this place. You come here, you can use the book safely. But if you use it out there, then you can be detected. And, and, and if you mess something up, then it's permanent. Here, it's not. Until you learn the book, learn the magic. So they got us. They got the piece they need in order to break the spell, and they broke the spell on um, Hippolyta's daughter. But it left her hand shriveled, and so her daughter liked to draw, and her daughter couldn't draw. So 
Hippolyta's like, I'll make a hand for you. Hippolyta made her the robot arm. And that's where um, Atticus put together is like, you're the woman with the robotic arm that gave me the book about that my son wrote about Lovecraft Country. And so that's when you know she becomes special there. Because somehow when they did that, they transferred the control of the die guns to her. Like she got her own special die gun that at oh, the time she, yeah, Atticus she has had. They, yeah, they got him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, um, all of a sudden they've done this, and then the next night, the police decide to raid the house. No, no, the frack the police was hanging. They come there with their guns. I think Lancaster was pissed off. He was like, I know I'm, I'm done with this BS. I'm coming to kill. Lancaster comes. Oh, he finds a sigil. Uh, he finds a sigil that um, Christina had ruined the plant. So he just comes to the house. Just you know, He's like, I'm done with it. I'm going to push them out. They come in, they shoot up the house, they shoot everything up, and of course the house is warded. They can't enter it, they try to blow it up. And so finally, um, they're about to shoot Letty, and here comes um, Atticus. And Atticus, not realizing that um, Letty still had the mark of cane on her, she can't be harmed, sees her get shot at, and the bullets are just passed around her. Well, Atticus, now with the, with the magic, had inscribed a protection on himself as well. He thought it was a protection like DeMar Cain, but it was not something different. It gave him the protection of the Diagons. And so he was literally like, he had a special Diagon to protect him, and him only at the time. And so when Lancaster's group attacked him, the Diagon stepped in front of the bullet and then went to eliminate everybody. Eight Lancaster and one gulp killed everybody except for him again those white neighborhood those white neighbors pretty much I think that was white flight time for them (laughs) (laughs) you see this earth creature come out the ground and kill the the police at that point no matter no matter where you in that like (laughs) no matter what race you were if you knew any of that shit happened next door that's moving to the other side of the country. I'm not. No, no, no. That's moving to the other side of the world, man. Right? Like the they, other side of the country is not that far. You gotta move to the other side of the world. I'm not sticking around for that crap. Like. Yeah, I'm not about to be eaten by so, like a um, five foot long. We go on monster. and um. So now comes the deal between Christina and and um. And Letty, okay. and Letty was like, "No, I'm not giving you the book." So Christina was like, okay, fine, I'll take away the Mark of Cain. And so Christina took away the Mark of Cain. And uh, she says, and she tells, she tells her something else. Well, something happens. Oh, yeah, and, she also um, gets hurt when she takes away. Christina, um, yeah. Okay. Christina um, threatens something. And so they was like, you know what, we're tired of this. We need to kill, we need to take her out. So they used her sister to try to get the stuff, but Christina already knew what they were doing because Christina pretended to be her sister. And oh, that's right. At this point, um, her sister went there to get the, the materials needed um, in order to make the spells in order to keep Christi- in order to keep Christina from turning immortal, hmm. according to the book. And Christina figured it out that Ruby was betraying her, and, and she didn't kill her, but she killed her. Basically, he, she put yeah. her in a vegetative state, so she could use her body. So, to, so, yeah. yeah. And so she pretended to be uh, Ruby. And um, they all drove back to Artem. And they thought that that was Ruby. And they get there, and Ruby already knows all the plans. Ruby um, takes the time then to set everything up. 
Um, she sets the sacrifice place up. She gets the town people ready. And this is where you learn that um, they're birthing the Digons from cows. And there's a cow that was that was in labor, giving birth, and it was a Digon baby. It wasn't a I cow. guess it makes sense, cow though, because I mean, the, the Shogoths and Lovecraft were creatures of burden like they were janitors they were used for labor so yeah cows are kind of the same way except mostly used for food really but yeah that works so um anyways um long story short jiang shows up i don't know where she came from i don't know why she, she teleported her she teleported but jiang jiang shows up and she's like i'm part of this i'm, I'm the thing that john that she doesn't know about um Atticus gives himself up because um, he thinks that um, they had a plan. He doesn't realize that what's her face knew what the plan was that that she was pretending to be Ruby. Yeah. And um, Atleti is doing the chant. She's saying the chant to stop the the block the immortality spell. And um, she's going on, and Atticus' life force is being sucked out, and Atticus dies. And before he dies, um, or before the spell is complete, because um, Christina thinks it's done after Atticus. Atticus isn't 100% dead yet. He has to completely die. So Christina thinks that he's already dead, dead. And um, she doesn't realize he still has a little bit of life force left. And she thinks she's immortal. And um, that's when Jiang figures out what the shaman priestess told her about before she's engulfed by darkness and at that point in time um, just as the last speck of the spell is about to be completed she releases the nine-tailed demon out and it engulfs the darkness it's in, it enshrouds her in darkness and that's able to allow um, Christine to have, to have vulnerability and Lady was able to stab her and kill her and wait, wait. that's the gist I thought in the movie she knocked something over her, and then she wasn't dead, and then that person, and then the kid with the robot arm went over there, and then killed her. Yeah, that's right. The kid with the robot arm did kill her. her um, Hippolyta's hmm. daughter did finish her off. Because ah. what happened when I guess when Jian did that, Jian weakened her, and then like the, she got stabbed, that weakened her. Huh. But she wasn't hundred percent dead. No. But then um, Hippolyta's daughter went over, and she had a robotic arm, and she had the Diagon Yep. As her pet, and they went over there, and they shook, took the life out of Christina, and that was basically it. Yeah, but she told her some stuff <laughs> before she killed her. She got killed by a cyborg and a pet cow. There you go. Pretty much. <laughs> But that's just that's the short term, um, guys. It was an awesome series. Again, the book is way different from that. I didn't have time to continue on explaining the book part because this did take a pretty good amount of time. Oh but, yeah. Um, took hours. Feel free the book. Check it out. Um, Lovecraft Country, um, the TV series HBO still has it streaming. Um, Lovecraft. It's actually on HBO Max now. Yeah. Um, check it out on HBO Max. Lovecraft Country. Um, if you can get over the. Some people may be sensitive to the old Jim Crow stuff, but hey, it's, it's real. It happened in history. Oh, 
if you can get over that, then it's it's a good movie. So. Yeah, and and it's I mean it's also the violence though perpetuated on the black community by Jim Crow, which you know as we mentioned, there's also some assaults. There's it, there's a lot of stuff to to work with, but it's well worth it to make it through because, like we said earlier, this is an ugly part of American history, and this stuff. Well, okay. The the crimes happened. Not necessarily the witchcraft wizardry <laughs> and uh, the, you know Yeah, none of the Indiana Jones exploits, okay? I've no. never I've never seen a show goth because I'm still alive. <laughs> and no matter how that encounter ended, I know I wouldn't be. And I've never met a Kumio, even though I've been to Asia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's one of those again things uh Nothing to, me- nothing to mess around with. So, yeah. Certain aspects that they definitely play with history on and use the horror elements to really advance the horror of what was going on socially at the time. Right. And pretty powerful for that. I mean, HBO's really taken some pretty big gambles in terms of, uh, you know, the way they portray those eras. Because what? Watchmen and Lovecraft Country both dealt with the Tulsa race. They did. Which did. is pretty gutsy to do one series, let alone two that feature it prominently. Right. That's, that's crazy. I wonder how long it took for them to make the first season. Oh, uh, usually takes about a year and a half or so. Something like that to get well, it shot, edited. S- Wait, so when did they start doing this? Oh, they, they always start doing them. Well, production usually takes around two years for just about yeah. anything. So, this probably started in because I found out that they that I think it was eight years or something around that, but they've been working on they worked on Animal Crossing for a pretty good amount of years. Video I games, think. video games always take longer. They're uh, yeah more of a and Animal Crossing deals with some pretty messed up stuff too. Though let's not get that. <laughs> I know I, I know we've done an episode on Animal Crossing. Wait, we have? Yeah, it was a. Uh, say Danielle and myself that did that one but it there might be a child abduction like portion to Animal Crossing that's a little bit too messed up to really get into because there's there's a kappa in the game and that's what they do mm-hmm. so yeah so there you go we've discussed Lovecraft Country and also potentially ruined a little bit of one of your favorite game franchises at the same time <laughs> sorry <laughs> And soon we'll get back to ruining game franchises because I'm sure we'll do a Pokemon follow-up at oh, one yeah. point. Pokemon! Uh, gotta catch them all! But, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, really, Ray BG kind of nailed it with uh, everything in Lovecraft Country. I was, for some reason, I can usually remember things from anything I watch, but I think after the whole, you know, what was it? shape-shifting episodes. With the, <laughs> it's, it ruined his mind. He had to lock with it out. Blood, with, you know, <laughs> flesh piles and stilettos. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say that... Like, yeah, that's all I gotta say to that. <laughs> and I know we didn't mention one thing, but there is a scene, quite literally, in which, I think it's in Atticus's mind, when Jackie Robinson basically beats Cthulhu in half with a baseball bat. Yeah. So, you know, just keep that in mind. If you are looking for something that is absolutely a mind freak and 
will make you think about these horrible social things in a vastly weird way that also makes complete sense. It's definitely the series for you. It'll teach you a little bit about history in a fictional setting, which sounds really weird to say out loud. Well, I shouldn't say fictional setting. Massachusetts does exist, uh, as does uh, Chicago. So not a completely fictional setting, but, you know, I've never been to any houses in Chicago that kind of kill people and have elevators down to inner dimensions of time and space, so. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else to add to that? No, I think, I think it's been covered. Yeah, <laughs> It may not be completely detailed, but I think it's been covered. It's, it's an incredible story, though. And one hell of a ride. It really is. And kudos to HBO for really taking some gambles on their programming. Because I don't know if this series would have actually ever made it to air even ten years ago. No, probably not. Well, depending on when the book was written, I can't... Uh, it was man. a while ago, wasn't it? Um, it wasn't too far. It was in the 2000s, I want to say. All of these... Yeah, it was in the 2000s. 2016 novel, the same name. So it definitely wouldn't have happened ten years ago. But, I yeah. mean, just... I mean, putting it, though, within a cultural... You know, it, entertainment's always made within the mindset of the culture at the time it debuts. Right. So, yeah, 2016's perfect for that book. And even now, 2020 was the perfect time for that series to come out. Right. And because no matter what happened in that show, it was less weird than what was going on the rest of the year in real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. And also had a hell of a cast. Like, oh yeah, no, the cast was, was awesome. Seriously, Michael K. Williams is horribly underrated. I he was Omar on the wire, yeah. so yeah, yeah. That's all I gotta say. Like that's all it needs to be said. Hey, and he was, <laughs> he's an HBO mainstay. Yeah, he is. Good reason. Boardwalk, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Um, love them in Boardwalk Empire. Actually, it was good in that too. I was kind of disappointed because Courtney B. Vance was George, and yeah. He's a freaking legend. He is. Don't use him for very long. I mean, kind of, yeah, kind of not, but you. He yeah. was, I think he set he set the he set the tone. He, he did a very good job of setting the tone. Oh, he did. Yeah. And I think he played he represented the the book character well as well. He was more he was probably the closest to the book character there was. I wonder if he except actually he didn't die in the book. Yeah. I wonder if he actually read the book. I mean, probably. Most, most of the actors do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what? So. If you're an actress, you have to read the book if it came out first. You don't have to, but... Because what if it has, like, 1,000 pages? That will take you a year! Or just yeah. five, or just ten days. I mean, most of the actors do wind up because it gives them background on their character. It's the kind of stuff you would never find off the page. You could create it, but then you'll have all those people who've read the book going, that's not the character. <laughs> so, yeah, no, um... Yeah, Courtney... George Vance is definitely a legend out there. Um, I like how I openly said, like, that's not the character. I bitched about that on the series before I know that. <laughs> like, I... So, yeah, I'm just as bad. But... We, uh... <clears throat> it's good to have a, another, um... Uh, I was gonna make a joke, but I forgot the I forgot the female. Let's check the play with Letty. Oh, uh... Miss uh, Journey Smollett. Yeah, it's good to have another Smollett on, on a show without getting in trouble. 
Yep. I was staying way the hell away from that one. <laughs> but no, she's also a good actress. Um, I remember her from True Blood. I think that's the first time I saw her when she played in True Blood. Oh, I know so she's been in stuff when she was younger. So hell, she's an HBO mainstay then too. too. Yeah. There you go. If you're HBO royalty, you've got it made, man. Yeah, basically. Um, but then you know they did introduce um, the guy that played Atticus as one of his, one of his, one of his more known roles. Yeah. It was a Jonathan Majors, yes. right? Yes. He's becoming a big name right Isn't now. Isn't he uh, going to be Kang the Conqueror? That's what I hear. I don't know. They keep MCU keeps shuffling shuffling actors around. Yeah. Saying yeah our names. Well, it, it's got it listed here. I mean, I'm, it's on his IMDb, so... And then I guess he is Kane. Yeah, so welcome to the MCU. That's you a That's a different kind of royalty, too. <laughs> that will, uh... That's Hollywood box office gold. Granted, the Ant-Man movies don't do as much box office as the other ones, but they're still fun to watch. Yeah. Because Paul Rudd is a national treasure. <laughs> Paul Rudd. <laughs> But yeah, the, I don't know. I need to go back and watch that whole thing again. Maybe just cutting out a little bit of the middle. Like, Christina was a really good villain. That's the one thing I also liked, was given, nope. given the <clears throat> setting, is that the characters of color and Christina being a white woman, even, you know, not having as much power as a white dude would in that era, like the people who wind up having all the power are the people who would never have it in that time period. Mm -hmm. It's it's just nice to see. Mm -hmm. Wait, no. Um, Christina wasn't really a villain, um, to be honest. And, well, they made her... The, the HBO series made her a villain. In the book, um, um, Caleb Bra um, Bra um, blah, 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 blah. Braith... Braithwaite? Braithwaite was not necessarily a villain huh. he just saw the world in his own he lived in his own world in his mind he thought he had ideals for the for a better world that yeah. didn't exist so he was <clears throat> kind of the lady true like if we're going with other hbo series yeah. there yeah thought it with all the power i could do it better yeah yeah there you go he thought that um yeah yeah but it wasn't necessarily like lady lady true it was more of he thought in his world he thought people could change their their spots, and in the book, the view was um, the problem is we know how this country is run, how this country treats us. You're the person that doesn't realize how this country treats us. You, you know, basically yeah. what he was saying was you see the world through a lens that's slightly shaded. Yeah, we see the world how we see how this world treats us as it as it is. You think that just because you eliminate small factions, you can make everybody else see the world the way you see it, but that's not how America works. No. <laughs> in other words, check your privilege. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to bring that into this. I'm leave that alone, too. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Right. That would be, this would be a six-hour podcast there at that point. <laughs> that we're already six running, hours. like, what, 240 or so? Yeah. We so. can't Hell yeah! I say we did we did good. That's that's a long. Time. We yeah. covered some good territory, so but yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah, catch this series, damn it! Like it's 
watch it's a little, it. It's a little aggressive for me to come out swinging like that, but it, it's seriously amazing. It will deserve, if it hasn't won awards already, it deserves every award it could possibly get. Like, I can definitely say that. Acting, writing, directing, everything superb, and you will not regret watching it. And then go read the damn book. The book is very good. Because, you know, people need to read more anyway. There you go. I read all four of Dogman. <laughs> I, right. I read the fourth one well, today. We good? You want to sign off? Yeah, I think so. So, as always, uh, this is Cody. And it's Ray BG. And uh, that's it for us. You all stay safe out there. And, uh, yeah, I, I say that's about all I can offer. Stay safe. Stay indoors. Keep your damn masks on. And if you get a chance, um, just make sure that, um, like you said, stay safe. Keep the mask on. And um, if you're into getting a shot, if, you're, if it's available to you, and you think that it's safe for you, take mm -hmm. it. Yep. <laughs> it says, yeah, pretty much where I'm at, too. In fact, uh, my, my dad just got diagnosed with COVID. Mm. And Ooh. pneumonia on top of it. Ooh. So, Ooh. yeah, when Ooh. it hits home, it makes you, it, it, it uh, alters your perspective a little bit. He's doing okay, but, okay. Uh, yeah, just stay safe, everybody. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. If you need social interaction, for God's sakes, try to figure out Skype or a phone call. Yeah, there's Skype. <laughs> And if you don't need faces, just try calling or it. Or keep it small. You know, two, three people ain't a bad thing. Or text. Yeah. Keep in touch without getting COVID or going outside that much. But, yeah, on that note, uh, I'll keep the preaching to a minimum here then. And uh, <laughs> you guys enjoy your night. Uh, thanks for listening. Peace.